Welcome to Hoops Hill, everybody. Coming to you live from the Hoops Hill studios, as we always do. Welcome in on another afternoon edition of the show. If you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can always email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where I believe we're simulcasting the show today. It, and it still didn't go smoother. We just happened to pull it out just at the end. We're also live streaming on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Hoopsville. That's how you can get a hold of us. And uh, I got something in my contact again. I'm telling you, it's a blast to have that. Um, so we're rolling along here, and we welcome you in. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from uh, the National Association of Basketball Coaches studio, the NABC studios, also with friends and help from the WBCA. also want to thank our friends at Blue Frame Technology for their assistance on this show as well. They... Uh, they help stream this show, simulcast this show, host our hotline, etc. We absolutely appreciate their support uh, to no end. And uh, if you ever are interested in finding a new streaming partner or you want to use their Blue Frame technology, I'm sorry, their uh, production truck technology um, for streaming, especially small college sports, please uh, make sure to, to give them a call and make sure you tell them uh, you heard about it on Hoopsville or I sent your way, whichever works for you. Um, that would be pretty cool. We'd love to hear about it. So uh, there you go. Lots lots to uh, talk about this weekend. Let me first and foremost get to that the marathon is coming up on Thursday. The only thing I haven't figured out is the start time, and I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek. I should know the start time by now. We're aiming for maybe a 12 to 1 o'clock start. We have got a number of guests lined up. We're literally going to slot them into place tomorrow and finalize all that. And then as a result of that, we will uh, determine our exact on time. But I'm aiming for a 12, 1 o'clock time. I will say, for the most part, that's usually like our only midday show outside of some stuff at the end of the regular season. And and it is what it is. Now that we've done a number of midday shows, and as much as I had thought about them, about doing midday shows in the future, I'm not a fan of the midday show. Way too much work to get done in the morning. Now, we would have to change our workflow, of course, and maybe do some things differently. Um and, and that could make a difference. But right now, I'm not a huge fan. Wouldn't mind going back to the evening shows like we've done, getting my son back on board, getting us into a better workflow. But Thursday, we'll be on the air midday into the evening. Uh, so I envision getting on between 12 and 1, going on until 8 or 9. We've got a lot of great guests uh, lined up. We're going to have kind of a free-for-all at the end. And we'll see where it takes us. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, laid-back and relaxed type of show than we've done in the past uh, a lot of people have talked about it as a fundraising effort. That's certainly where it started for us. We're not focused on that, but if you want to help donate to the cause, we'll certainly let you know how you can do that. Um, what was the other note? Uh, and then a reminder, next Monday, February 7th, we will be uh, on the air again at 12, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, like we are today. Next Thursday, so in 10 days some odd time, uh, we're still working on that. That's going to be a pre-taped show. It's not going to be able to be aired live, and I, I don't feel comfortable skipping a day. So we're going to try and put that together on Tuesday and Wednesday to be released on Thursday because I need to travel uh, for work. And then we should be back to normal on February 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, but stranger things have happened. So there you go. Kind of my spiel, as it were. Might have to change our microphone, too. I'm a little frustrated, but we'll cross that bridge some other time. Um, again, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, D3Sports. Uh, email us, um, YouTube, 
at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Uh, lots of things to do. New Top 25s will come out later today. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens because uh, it was a bonkers weekend in uh, men's basketball. I got the women in front of me. Let me get back to that. Or not just the weekend, but the week in general. Uh, Randolph-Macon is about the only team in the top five who went unscathed for the most part. They played three games and beat Bridgewater, Hampton Sydney by 20, and WNL by five. Though that WNL game, they're up by 15. Looked like they were going to walk away with it early in the second half, and WL, WNL came back on them. Illinois Wesleyan had a rough week. They went one and two. They beat Carthage at the start of the week. Um, you might remember we talked to their head coach right after was it that? No, it was a week before after the Elmers came out. I apologize. The weeks are running together on me. But they beat Carthage earlier in the week. Then they lost to Elmers on Wednesday. We talked about that on Thursday's show, 74-66. Then went out and lost to Concordia, Chicago in non-conference play, 81-75 in overtime. Big block at the end of regulation led to that overtime game by Concordia, Chicago. Hats off to them. But Illinois Wesley now 15-4. and They're not the only ones that had a rough week. Wash U lost two. They lost to Carnegie Mellon 71-68 on Friday and then lost to Case Western Reserve 75-70 on Sunday. I'm wondering if Nolan's injured. I'll admit I've not been on the boards to see what other people are saying, though there's no, no comments in the UAA board about it that I saw. I could have missed it. But I am curious if WashU's not at 100%. Oshkosh, uh, the number four team in the country, lost to Eau Claire 74-72. Eau Claire not ranked. And then you get to number five, Platteville, and they beat... Lacrosse, number 10 team. We talked about that on Wednesday. They didn't play this weekend, 76-72. Marietta won. Yeshiva got back in action and won two games. Christopher Newport won a game. Christopher uh, St. Joseph's Connecticut won uh, two games. Um, actually, they won three because they beat Regis. It's just not updated here on my sheet here. Johnson and Wales, Elms, and, and Regis. Lacrosse, who lost to Platteville on Wednesday, got back and got a big win over Bethel, 95-60. So that's your top 10. Uh, Johns Hopkins who beat Gettysburg and were taking on a, a two-straight-loss Swarthmore team, lost to Swarthmore by 10, just to make my head very confused in the Centennial Conference. I'll finally get my eyes in person on Johns Hopkins Wednesday. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to see Swarthmore where I normally get to see them. I'm going to have to make another effort to, to go and see them somewhere. But the Centennial Conference, top two, Hopkins and Swarthmore, very confusing. Now, Swarthmore was not playing with D'Angelo, uh, those previous two games, I think he was back for the Hopkins game. That certainly makes a difference. Maryville got two big wins, including over Piedmont. Williams had its week basically called off. Had a game against SUNY New Paltz, didn't play. Had a game against Connecticut College, didn't play. Had a game against Trinity, Connecticut, didn't play. So Williams going through another rough stretch here. They're going to have a ton of games at the end, or they're not going to have a lot of games to compare against. Um, WPI at least got back on the winning ways, spanked Springfield 83-48. Uh, Elmers, who lost to North Central and beat Illinois Wesleyan, they also beat North Park. Wesleyan had a weird week. They lost. They beat Tufts by one, lost to Amherst by two, and then beat Hamilton by 19. So the NESCAC's even more confusing. Uh, Maryheim Baylor had a good week. Oswego had a good week. Spanked up three um, Suniac teams, beat Geneseo by 10, Oneonta by 18, and New Paltz by, was that, 19? Or no, 29. Augsburg had its two games called off against Bethel and Carrollton. Um, Emory had a good week. And then you get in the receiving votes category. We talked about DeSales losing to Wilkes, but they came back and barely got past Missouri Cordy, 84-82. Letourneau um, lost to Bellhaven this week after beating ETBU. Claremont Mud Scribs lost to Occidental. Keene State lost to Plymouth State. 
Guilford lost to Hampton Sydney. Tufts lost to Wesley, and Brandeis lost to Emory. These are just teams receiving votes. And then on the women's side, uh, we talked about the Hope loss. NYU took its first loss of the season, losing to Rochester on Friday, but then got back on the winning ways, defeating Emory 77-44. Both those games were on the road. So Transylvania, Christopher Newport, and Webster, along with Wisconsin Lutheran, your only uh, top uh, undefeated teams left in the country, and Webster the only one not receiving votes, um, or at least ahead of this podcast. We'll see um, what how that develops with the latest top 25 poll. Uh, as of late last night, women top 25 uh, voters are split up on who's going to be number one. We'll see who ends up staying number one. Other notes, Wartburg uh, lost both their games this week to Dubuque and to Simpson. Both games lost in overtime. Lost by four or six to Dubuque in overtime on Wednesday. Lost by five to Simpson in overtime on Saturday. Springfield lost two after going undefeated on the season up until this week. They lost to MIT and Babson by four and five, respectively. Eau Claire took its fifth loss of the season to Oshkosh. Marietta took another loss. Baldwin-Wallace seems to have Marietta's number. Of the three losses Marietta has this season, I think both uh, two of them come to Baldwin-Wallace. And it hasn't been close. 74-48 Baldwin-Wallace in that one. Bowden lost to Tufts. Um, Harden-Simmons lost to Mary Harden-Baylor, then beat Concordia, Texas. And then St. John Fisher lost to Ithaca. We mentioned that earlier, uh, previous show. Then they beat Cuca and Nazareth. In the receiving votes category, Dallas-Texas lost to ETBU. Roger Williams lost to Smith. Albion lost to Hope. That ended up not being... Well, it's exactly what we expected. We expected Hope to just kind of roll Albion kind of pissed off. Mary Washington lost two games to Stevenson and to Christopher Newport. Probably lose all their voters at this point. Carroll lost two of its uh, three games. It, it lost both of them to Augustana and beat Wheaton in between. <laughs> uh, the Augustana game was nearly identical. They lost 58-67 earlier in the week. They lost 56-67 on the weekend. Uh, Augsburg lost to Carrollton. Puget Sound lost to George Fox. So those are your receiving votes category. Um, let's talk guests on the show today. Uh, Rhodes women's basketball coach Rodney Rogan will join us on the show. The links are 15-2 and two overall, 7-0 and oh in the uh, SAA. Then we'll switch gears, talk men's basketball with Hanover men's basketball coach John Miller. His Panthers are 15-2 and two as well. They're 11-1 and one in the HCAC. We'll talk about them. Um, we'll then talk men's basketball top 25 uh, with Mike Raniak and Ryan Scott. We'll get those two back together and reunited tonight or today. Talk to them about the upcoming top 25. Then we'll talk more men's basketball with Lehman men's basketball coach Steven Shulman. The Lightning are 13-2 overall, 7-1 in CUNYAC play. And then we head to the second most Eastern campus in Division Three. Maine Maritime women's basketball coach Craig Dagan will join us. Talking about Mariners 16-2 mark, 10-0 in NAC play. So if you didn't catch the subtle hint, every single team we have on the show has two losses. Uh, we are one month away, uh, exactly today, a month away from talking about who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament. We'll have the brackets at about this point, uh, it, as we air this live, um, one of the brackets will be is in, would be in the middle being released or just had been finished released and the next one coming up in about an hour and a half's time or an hour. And then later that evening, we'll, we'll do our breakdown show. So in a month's time, we have one month left. We still have regional rankings that we have not seen. We still have conference games that have not been played against opponents. We still have conference tournaments ahead of us. There's a lot to play in that one month, but it's just a month. Uh, regional rankings will come out on Tuesday the 9th. Now, I'm told both men and women will come out on that day, uh, that they moved them up to Tuesday the 8th. I apologize. Tuesday the 8th. Uh, there is the handbook for women that finally showed up. I think it's out, and I'll double-check that during the show. 
But the handbook says the women are coming out to the ninth. I was on the impression both were coming out the eighth. We will double check with that. We can confirm both chairs will be on our show Thursday in a, a joint group. So that'll be fun to talk to Megan Wilson of Luther and Michael Shower of Wheaton. And we'll get an answer for them about all that stuff as well. So that's all ahead um, in the next month ahead. We got a lot to cover. And it all, I mean, it really ramps up starting today, to say the least. Um, so there you go. Kind of went through our spiel. Hope it makes sense to you. Hope uh, you're enjoying uh, some good basketball. Like I said, bonkers week for men's basketball. Voter-wise, I, I feel for everybody. I got my top 25 around here somewhere. I put it down. Oh, I moved it over to the table. I'm going to have to go grab it here in a minute. Um, I need to finalize it. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm debating over a couple of teams and a couple of places. Oh, it's under it's underneath my uh, audio board. I apologize. So I've got my top 25 kind of done, but it's it doesn't have... I don't like the bottom... Let's call it 10. And so I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to go through that before submitting here in a bit. Um, I made some movement in the, everywhere. The only team I didn't move was my number one team. Everybody else moved. And um, not necessarily, it, it's it one of the tougher ballots this week, for sure. All right. A uh, quick note before we go, because I don't want to forget at the end of the show, I want to thank uh, St. John Fisher women's basketball uh sent us a hat that is a darn cool hat and we'll hang it up in the studio maybe we'll wear it about town we'll see but nice hat also sent a jersey in so we got uh, a bunch of jerseys we now have to hang and i just got an email before we hit the air from the group we use i'm trying to get that on camera there we go i'm not holding it very well uh, group we use um, to hang our jerseys the company we use i just got an email from them we reached out to see if they were interested in joining the show um so we got a bunch to hang hopefully we can get some hung up by uh especially on that blank wall by um the marathon nice note from st john fisher women's basketball coach uh, melissa there really appreciate it very kind note got, i should point out we mentioned transylvania sent us their jerseys they sent us a nice note as well um if you want to send us a jersey please feel free we've had a few coaches reach out haven't gotten from them but we know they're on their way or going to be on their way uh, you just reach out to me, either email me, hoopsville.d3sports.com, or if you know my personal email address, send it to that. Uh, send it a, a message through Twitter, through direct message. We, we've gotten, that's that's worked for some people as well. Um, and we'll give you the information on how to send them to us. And with that, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk women's basketball with Rhodes women's basketball coach Rodney Rogan. He joins us to talk about his Lynx squad and the SAA race. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com from the NABC studios. More after this. Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. 
I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division Three level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. That's always an easy way to get a hold of us. You can also uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com, where we're simulcasting the show. Um, we're also simulcasting on YouTube, youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. Or no, slash hoopsville, slash hoopsville. Uh, if you commented on the show so far on Facebook, we haven't seen it yet, though we're checking it out. Um, but feel free to do so. Yeah, again, lots of options. If you want to interact with us, you certainly can, or have a question for our guests. Let's turn our attention down to the South region. As we do on this uh, show, we, we focus on the even-numbered regions with Region 1-2 combined. So 1, 2, 4, 6, and 8, which kind of works out to being the old Northeast, uh, Atlantic, South, and Central regions, which we always did on Sundays, now Mondays. So we'll start down in the South, and we start with women's basketball. And there's a team that's I, I, probably not getting enough attention, maybe, or we don't truly understand them. Uh, the Rhodes women's basketball team, if you haven't looked, is 15-2 and overall. They're 7-0 and in SAA play as they make the turn, as it were, to take a golf term. And it's kind of curious just how good are the links. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's their head coach. It is Rodney Rogan. Coach, first and foremost, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. First, can I get this out of the way? The fact you're Rodney Rogan and you're coaching at Rhodes just seems so perfect. Yeah, it, it worked out. It worked out uh, pretty good. And then uh, one other thing, I drive uh, a Nissan Rogue, and, <laughs> and it's red. So it's just, it's a lot. Well, we, we've got it all encompassed here. It's Rodney Rogan coaching the road, coaching Rhodes, driving his Rogue. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is, we can do something with that. We need to work on that. Yeah, I need to get in touch with Nissan and maybe a little sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a sponsorship. There's a PR here. There's, there's a shtick we could pull off. Yeah. Using all those R's. The only problem is the the links. It doesn't really yeah. work. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, first and foremost, you haven't, if memory serves, and forgive me, you haven't been at Rhodes all that long, right? Correct. This is my third season here at Rhodes. What's been, what's it been like to take on a program that kind of sits, and I don't want to say an island because we use that with the Skyac, we use that with the Northwest, we use that with Texas, but you are kind of in a funky area of yeah. D3 where you're kind of in between everything. Yep. Challenging, yeah. right? It is. It is, you know, with 
you know, our conference is a little spread out to, um, but just trying to get to those places, you know, you go and play in Texas and that's still, you know, a long trip to get there. And then if you want to go, uh, you know, up North, it's, it's, it's far as well. So we are in an interesting area. Um, it does allow us to kind of get to those places it just makes for, you know, a few long trips though. Yeah. I mean, the, the disadvantage is you can get to some places, uh, yeah. or the advantages you can get to some places, the disadvantage is you're on a bus for a while. Yes. Uh, or yeah. a plane, uh, which isn't cheap. Um, yeah. But it is Memphis, Tennessee. There, they ain't. From what I've been told, there ain't a lot wrong with Memphis, Tennessee. Good food, good no. entertainment. Yes, I, I have no complaints about living here in Memphis. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, again, fifteen and two overall. You played. Speaking of Texas, you went down to Texas to start the season, and I mean right at the start of the season, you took advantage of of the rules. Yeah. Uh, played on the sixth and seventh. Don't get me started about that. Uh, you've lost to Mary Harden Baylor by one on the opening game and then beat ETBU by six. The second game certainly drew some attention. Just tell Mm -hmm. me about that start because not only was it the the fact it's early, meaning you didn't have a ton of time to get ready for it. Like normal teams would, but second, you also had a big road trip right out the gate. Yeah. A big, big road trip, you know, a long trip from Memphis to Belton, Texas, um, but we were able to, you know, spread it out and, and practice on the way down there and get there. But, you know, you open up the season early uh, against uh, a really, really good team at their place. And with not as much practice time as you feel like you probably need, we had a, uh, we have certainly have a veteran team. So I knew that they would be ready, um, but I, I certainly would have liked a few more days, but it was a tough environment, tough road win to go, uh, road game to go down there and you, you lose by one point and you have a shot at the end um to get you that game and then to come back um less than 24 hours later to play etbu and to gut out a victory against obviously a team that's really good and continue to play well this year i think it was uh an opportunity for us to show that we are um a really good team you know, it certainly showed that right out of the gate after that you went on a six game winning streak against Mississippi uh, University of Women, Austin, Ozarks, Wash U, 83-80. Um, you love those Texas schools. Took on University of Dallas uh, in Jackson, Mississippi uh, on the 27th around Thanksgiving. Got a big win against them. Agnes Scott, you got a win. And then you took on Emory at their place. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's your second loss. But to re- again, a close one against a really good Emory squad. That, yeah. Your two losses have been notable in a good way. Yeah. Um, we, we knew that, you know, you, you try to make your schedule and obviously we knew that we needed to, to have some, some tests and, and going down to Texas and playing, uh, two schools in UAA, you know, you're, you're at Emory and, you know, that game, we really also had a great chance to win. We were up in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, we just couldn't, uh, maintain that momentum. We, we kind of lost some of our principles and, you know, we got called for more fouls than we usually like to, um, you know, play, play our style. And then um, we had some people go out. And so Emory's, they play fast, they push at you in tempo. And um, they're, I think they're doing well this year as well. So it's like, you know, you lose by four points on the road to, to a quality team. You hate it because I feel like we had a lot of momentum going, um, going into that game, but at least you, you push yourself and against a team like Emory. And then again, winning streaks since then, you've beaten eight straight, mainly in conference. You played Mississippi women a second time um, and then beat Hendricks and Barry and Oglethorpe, Swanee center, Swanee again, center mm-hmm. again, uh, as you did the turnaround there in conference yeah. play and a game against Birmingham Southern that hasn't been played yet. Mm-hmm. Overall, 
How's the season gone then? As we've just kind of walked our way through it, is is it going better than expected? Expected? Or were you expecting me better? Um, I think it's it's going about where we expected up until you know the Emory game. I, well, once we played Emory, um, you know we we've had to deal with some injuries to some some talented players on our team, um, and so the the surprise has been I think kind of how resilient they've been playing with kind of limited numbers in a different lineup. You know, you have two starters, um, two starters that are out right now. Um, one being an all American, uh, and Kira Downey, all South region player. Um, and so we've had to kind of reshape our team, but our sophomores our juniors and our seniors have really stepped it up. So 15 and two is, is, is a good number and a great position to be where we are in our conference. So, you want those games back because, you know, you know, the possibility of being somewhere different with the Mayor Harden Baylor game and the Emory game. You're so close, uh, but it's, it's great to be here with a resilient bunch who's so experienced and getting better every day. What surprises me, and I don't vote on the women's side unless needed. What surprises me is that you guys haven't gotten any first put any votes, I should say, in the in the D3 Hoops Top 25. And granted, we're talking before the latest one comes out. So that could easily change. Um, by the time some people may be hearing this, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a little surprised because you have a close loss to Emory. You have a close loss to, um, Mary Harden-Baylor. yeah, thank you. Mary Harden Baylor, a win over ETBU. Who's obviously mm-hmm. ranked and Mary Harden Baylor has been ranked and Emory certainly mm-hmm. is always in the conversation. Granted some other, the conference isn't maybe explaining a lot of things. Oglethorpe, I think a lot of people expected to maybe be a little bit better this season, but overall, what are we missing? Do you think? And I, I'll I'll take the the onus as a we. What are mm-hmm. we missing about your squad that says, yeah, we are top twenty five? Or let me flip it. Do you agree that maybe even despite that record, maybe maybe you agree with the voters and it's not a top twenty five team? <laughs> well, uh, obviously, you know, you tell the players we we can't worry about uh, what's going on, on the outside. Um, we we focus on ourselves. But in terms of you know, if there are polls and recognition to be had, we we love to be in the conversation. You know, sure. we we did get into the rankings uh, for a hot second. Um, And then after that, you know, that Emory loss on the road, uh, we kind of dropped out and stopped receiving votes just all together. And and granted, we have a few games in there uh, where it doesn't help your strength of schedule. Um, But I think in terms of, you know, going on the road, beating ETBU, uh, a loss to Maryland Baylor by one, beating WashU and playing Emory and all that, you know, in terms of the, those, those four teams because Trini was in that tournament to start the year as well. Um, I'm, I'm a little confused as to why we at least are not getting any type of, you know, receiving votes um, because we, you know, not every game is going to be a top 25 matchup just where we're at. And, you know, in terms of our conference, we, you know, Oglethorpe has had some injuries and struggled a little bit this year, right. but I think we, we played who, um, who we needed to play and played them tough. You know, our two losses are by five points this year against a team that I think Emory's what five and two in the UAA. Yeah. Mary Harden Baylor is Mary Harden Baylor is ranked now, I believe. So um I think we've tested ourselves and we've 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 shown up to be a pretty good team. So I I, I hope we get a little bit more recognition. Well I appreciate the candor. Um and again, I mean the one the one problem with women's basketball is there's a ton of great teams. A lot of great teams. So I get that. Um and you know, our our team is, has fought, and again, we have people coming back from injury. So I understand, like, looking at the top 25, a lot of good teams around the country. Um, and so I understand it's not easy to vote um, and, and place the poll, but I'm proud of certainly what we've done this year. 
you look at the standings in the conference, you guys lead the way by half a game on Barry. Um, if we look back, I think you got the tiebreak currently with them as well. You've got a game with them coming up here this weekend. You'll be on the road at Barry and at Oglethorpe. Two tough teams. Oglethorpe not having the season I think Alex Ritchie was expecting to have, but Barry certainly having a pretty solid season. This weekend's kind of big because if you want to stay ahead there and kind of force everybody to come to Memphis, this is kind of the weekend you need, right? Yeah, I, you know, we have our five conference games left, and Barry is just so tough defensively. And, and there, I think they're growing offensively. Some of their players, the confidence is growing. Um, and so what, what they've done in the league so far, I mean, they defend, um, they, they pressure you. So that's a tough game on a Friday night. And then Oglethorpe, you know, even if they're struggling a little bit, they have uh, talented players, and, and Alex Ritchie is a great coach down there. So, you know, this is the weekend for us to, you know, continue to maybe work and see if there is a separation. Um, and then hopefully have the conference tournament in Memphis uh, so we don't have to travel to go anywhere um, if we're able to win that, you know, first round game. Yeah, that'd be huge, obviously, um, mm-hmm. to say the least. It'd be big. As far as the rest of the conference, though, is it, it – I don't want to overlook the weekend. I also don't want to under overlook the rest of the season either because after this you'll have Millsaps, um, Birmingham, Southern, and Hendricks to finish it off all at home. So obviously you want to take care of home, but is it really this weekend only? I mean, I, you know what I'm trying to say? Is it really got to yeah. focus on this weekend or is it, yeah, I got to focus on this weekend, but then we still have to deal with this home side. Well, I mean, I, for me, and this is not even coach speak, I really just like, all right, this, this game in, in front of us. I know what Barry can do. I, I, I know what Oglethorpe has and, and the potential they have to continue to improve. Millsap's defense is always tough. Birmingham Southern plays the, you know, the kind of the Grinnell system yeah. and, and, and pushing the pace. And Hendricks always plays hard. So I, I don't ever rest or assume that, oh, just get this weekend and we're done. Like I know who we're playing coming up and I, I know that we have to prepare game plan because uh, nothing is assumed because those coaches are going to work hard for their team. So it's, it's a great position we're in now, but there's certainly people coming after us and we know that we have to work hard to, to stay where we're at. Looking at your team, you play 11 players. That's it. Uh, it seems like a bit of a short bench. You've got five seniors. Uh, for the most part, you've played one, two, three, four, five, six players in every game. And then a seventh and 12 of the 17. I'm used to talking to coaches who play a lot of depth, play a lot of players, have a have a lot of roster, especially coming out of COVID. You're, you might be one of the first ones I have it on the air this year where it's much shorter. I mean, six in the rotation every game, maybe a seventh, and then we can possibly talk about two more. In, and granted, I realize injuries and COVID and all that could have changed a lot of that. You've got mm-hmm. two who are in your top five in scoring that we're not discussing in those numbers. So what's the roster been like this year? Oh, it's, it's been, it's been something that was, you know, steady, you know, to start the year, I'd say we have a lot of depth. There was nine people um, who would be in the rotation um, to play. Um, And then we were able to develop some people and hopefully, you know, bring them on as year went on or as their crew went on. Then you, you, you know, you have injuries to two starters and then they're dropping off. So then people who are on the bench are now playing a lot of minutes and we've been able to see how good they they are as players. Um, you know, our we have a sophomore who's been our leading scorer in conference, Catherine Altoff. She had 26 points against ETBU, and she's coming off the bench for us, but she's playing big minutes. Anaya Lagarde 
who also is a sophomore, is has started to play big minutes, whereas at the beginning of the year, she wasn't playing that much because, you know, she's essentially playing behind All-American in Kira. So um, the the depth um, is is something that we're, we're working on, but you have such good players who who can play a lot of minutes um, that we, we trust them out on the court. And, you know, it's playing basically seven people um, is something that, you know, we're conditioned to do. You know, I look at some of the times when UConn was obviously at the top, their their rotation wasn't deep. We're not UConn, relax, not saying that. Um, but we're, we're able to, to play our top seven um, a lot of extended minutes um, with making sure we're giving them breaks and everything and, and they're staying in shape. I lost you. It's called the mute button. I hit it <laughs> and uh, forgot to unhit it. It's a minor detail. This is what happens when you solo the show completely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to screw up Allie's last name. May you? Allie May you. Oh, I got yeah. it right. Yeah. She's your leader. 15 points a game on a squad that technically has five double-digit players. Uh, Kira mm -hmm. Downey. Again, nine games, 14 and a half points. Uh, Catherine Althoff, 13 and a half points a game. Anaya Lagrade, 11 points a game. And then another one like Kiera, Alexis Mathingani? Mathingani, yeah. Okay, yeah. I had to think it through. Mathingani. Again, 11 points a game. Again, just nine nine games. Mm -hmm. So you got an interesting mix there. Tell me a little bit about Allie and, and that rest of that core because while you're not deep on the bench and thus not surprised by scoring, you've got a lot of players there who will score, though. Yes. You know, we were – if you look at kind of our scores, um, certainly even before injuries, we were averaging about 80 points a game, you know, with ETBU, WashU, Emory, all that kind of stuff. Again, so that good competition. Um, Ali Mayu has just been uh, just amazing. You know, she had, I think she has like 11 double-doubles this year in our, our 17 games. And she's a, she's a four player helps us handle the ball rebounds like crazy shoots the ball and drives. So, you know, her leadership, uh, also Ellen Hagen is our point guard, but you know, we have people who can score. And that's the thing I, um, when I was assistant, you know, division one, I, we would play a lot of those South Dakota, South Dakota state schools. And they're, uh, I think teams that kind of overachieve for like the low major, all that kind of stuff. And one thing I always value is that, if you're on the court, you need to be a threat. You need to find a way kind of to be a threat and be a weapon. And so we don't we don't kind of hold our players back from being aggressive and looking to score. So if someone goes down, someone else is able to step up. So between, you know, Catherine, Ali, um, Anaya um, getting in there, we have people who are going to give us double-digit points all the time, even if you lose two double-digit scores in Kiara and Alexis. Uh, kind of for an extended period of time. So, you know, our depth is not what it was, but the the talent um, and, and the, the work ethic is still there. So they just really can put the ball in the basket in multiple ways. Score, outscoring your opponents by 16, out shooting your opponents by uh, 10%. You're shooting 43%, opponents 33. Shooting 31% from beyond the arc, opponents 26. Uh, out rebounding your opponents by about six rebounds. Or no, I'm sorry, nine rebounds again. Math's simple for me. Um, <laughs> There's a lot that's going right. So again, you mentioned coming from D1 and you're in your third year. You've settled in a little bit. I'm curious, are you still in that hoping to do things that you've learned from D1? Have you augmented to D3? Is it a hybrid? 
is it you threw it all out and you've started over? Uh, well, you know, as a, as a, I was a D3 player myself, um, so I certainly uh, love kind of the model and what we're able to do um, and with the time constraints that the students have and then um, obviously academics. So what, what I what I've taken is like, Hey, we don't want to foul. Like uh, that's one of our biggest things. You can look at kind of the free throws and if we're playing well, we're not fouling. Um, and then in terms of what I've taken, you know, I do think the ability for the individual to improve at division three is something that you really have to take advantage of. So our practices are not long. Um, we're certainly within like the, the time frame, but we do make sure our players, if within their schedule, we ask them to come in and, and get extra work in, um, you know, with it, with a coach. Um, uh, as our time allows, just so you can develop because practice is for the team. Yeah. Um, but I do know the division when there's more time, obviously, for them to get those individual group workouts. Um, but we just make sure if your schedule allows, you have a few minutes, let's go in and, and get a workout or, or they'll come in and get extra work. So that's the one thing I, I think um, I've, I've really wanted to take from my time at division one. Not that you can't relate to your student athletes, but I am curious, is it relatable having been a player? especially in that region too, and playing yeah. similar opponents, uh, granted men versus women, um, but similar schools. Can you still relate to the student athlete now or their aspects of their lives slash demands, whatever, that are just completely different than when you were a student athlete? Um, well, first of all, they're much smarter than I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't relate, can't relate to the ones uh, working to go to med school. Um, but what I, I think I do relate to is, is for me, you know, as a player, we were, uh, we had a really successful senior season when I was at Millsaps. And one thing that always kind of stopped me was like the confidence, the mental aspect um, of playing. And now with, with mental health, I think even becoming something that's talked about more, I understand how important it is to be confident. And so for me as a coach, my philosophy is like, hey, I want you to, to come here to practice, to the games. This can't be an added stressor for you. So I understand that like they need consistency from me. They need an environment where they can really flourish. And, and that's something that I try to put as much focus on as anything like, hey, tell me what's going on. What are you thinking? Let's see if we can work through it together where basketball can be a place where you grow um, grow your confidence, grow your leadership. And I think we've, we've done a good job with that because the players will tell me what's going on if they're struggling, um, but they also want to still make sure they're competing out there for themselves and their teammates. So as long as we have that open dialogue and we can focus on the player experience, I think that's helped us through all these injuries and COVID. You know, even last year winning the conference championship with only seven days of practice before we started. You know, I think that environment that we've uh, we've tried to have uh, on our staff has helped us, you know, kind of fight through adversity these last two years. Well, coach, I appreciate the time. Great insight on your squad. And again, I'm telling you, there's a marketing plan and advertising plan somewhere <laughs> about the Rodney Rogan's Rhodes women's team driving in a rogue. Rogue, yeah. It's and we got to figure it out. I'm telling you, it's out there. Super Bowl commercial, even if we can pull it off in time. I don't know if we got a million bucks for 10 seconds, but maybe we can try. You can crowdsource. I mean, Good crowdsource. Good idea. Yeah, we'll see if we can crowdsource. And while we're at it, we'll solve the D3 budget, too. Um, yeah. Hey, I appreciate the time. We always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Um, I just appreciate you You have me on. I think our team is, is really, really special, and they deserve 
to be recognized for all the work that they've done, especially these last two years with all this this COVID COVID mess going on. So um, I, I love what you guys do for D three hoops. It, it really shines a light on on deserved student athletes. So I appreciate that, and and thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it and humoring us. Take care of yourself. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll look forward to ca- catching up with you down the road. All right. Thanks. Absolutely. Rodney Rogan joining us from Rhodes. Again, they're 15 and 2 overall, 7 and 0 in conference play on the road at Barry and Oglethorpe this weekend. When we come back, we go north, head over to Hanover, talk HCAC men's basketball in Region 8. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. More after this. It's on us to stop sexual assault in any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To To stop stop sexual sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Coming to you on this uh, Monday afternoon, once again. A reminder, Thursday shows the marathon. I don't know why we keep doing this to ourselves, but the marathon is Thursday. Uh, we're a month out from the, from the end of the regular season. We always do the marathon right about that time. So here we go. We got the marathon. And there's no Super Bowl to worry about this week. So, you know, tune into us. We'll hit the air about 12, 1 o'clock Eastern time and go for about eight or nine hours. Um, then next Monday, we'll be live again, midday, 1 o'clock show. Um, and then the 10th of February will be pre-taped. And then hopefully on Valentine's Day, our love to Division Three will be back to our normally scheduled time. But stick with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville to find out what our schedule is or facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Instagram as well at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Though we do are mainly to promote and receive promotion, but not really interact. You can always email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Switching gears, talking men's basketball. Got a text from a coach in this conference going, hey, I'm glad to see some of the Central teams losing because I want to see our top dog in the conference get a little bit higher in regional rankings when they come out. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Um, I, it just makes the, the region a little bit more complicated, but that's one way to look at it. The HCAC was in the Central region, then got put in the Great Lakes, and when re- things got reshuffled to Region 8, they got put back to where they probably should have been in the first place. 
arguably. But the men's basketball team at Hanover could be in those regional rankings when we see them in a couple of weeks' time because they're having a tremendous season. 15-2 and two overall, 11-1 and one in HCAC play. Um, and to say the least, running the HCAC at this point in time because they got something like a three-game lead in the conference. So join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopso Hotline. It's the head coach of the aforementioned Panthers. It is John Miller. And coach, first and foremost, thanks for joining me. Good to see you. Dave, it's it's real good to see. It's been a little while. Yes. Obviously, these last what, uh, well, almost two years have been a little bit little bit different. But it's uh, it's great to see you, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, by the way, I'll always remember uh, our trip back from Vegas together. I think the only team I've ever traveled back on a plane with. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. You had to experience the Hanover Panthers that way, but uh, a great trip. And I saw you guys were back at it this year. That was great to see. I know, yep. uh, I know, Coach Lane and the Trancy guys were out there with. They you. were. I'd, I'd love to so get now us the back next out there. logical step is to have you out again, and then once you're set, I will reset my plans to make sure I'm flying through Indy on the way home. The next time we go, I will send our travel itinerary to you first thing. (laughs) I'll even try and get on the way, maybe on the way out. That'd be even better. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You get to see me stressed on the way out and while you get to see me relaxed on the way back. Hey, um, again, great season. 15 and two, you're 11 and one in conference play. Maybe to some degree, I'm surprised you're not getting votes in the top 25. And listen, I'm guilty of that. I've not put in my final top 25. You guys aren't currently on it, but there's two spots available. And and you're one of a bunch that I'm considering. What is it about your season that's going so well? And what, as a voter, am I maybe missing? Oh, you know, I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure out what uh, – what all goes into all the things that the voters can, you know, consider. And, 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 you know, you guys see multiple teams, you know, I mean, my focus is on, on our team. Um, you know, I think the way our season has played out and, and, and we've kind of always, I think, tried to be this way as a program, you know, you just really try to stay focused on, you know, the most urgent things in front of you. Um, you know, we have really on paper, a pretty young team, so coming into the year, um, you know, there's certain things that I think are the same uh, as you go about preparing your team every year. But but certainly when you think you're going to have a young team, you know, you you are, you know, thinking about kind of the steps you need to take to, you know, bring some guys along. And and so I think that, um, you know, our teams just kind of uh, went to work from the get go, uh, just kind of plugging away. And and this may sound a little a little silly, but it's kind of like, you know, we've woken up and here we are and our record is what it is. And, and, and right. That's great. And, you know, um, not necessarily super aware of, of, uh, you know, the path that we've taken to get there. It's just been kind of trying to be about getting better each week. And, uh, these last few weeks, I feel like we've moved ourselves forward and been playing some pretty good basketball. It's interesting. One of the teams we've been talking a lot about in the top 25 is Wabash. You guys beat them start of the season. And since then, again, only two losses. Um, I think maybe you're a victim of good teams that aren't having great seasons. Wittenberg would be an example of that. You beat them, but Wittenberg isn't exact. I mean, I mean, they're eight and nine. I mean, we're not used to a 500 Wittenberg squad. Um, sure. And, and you've got some others in there who, who are probably experiencing the same thing. And especially in conference, you don't, you don't seem to have the same, um, group that's up at the top, giving you a hard time. 
uh, it you've, you've separated yourself. So it's you almost seem like you had some bad timing. Well, yeah. And, 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 you know, for us, I mean, uh, you know, certainly don't take this the wrong way. I mean, I think the top 25 rankings in what you guys do for Division Three basketball is absolutely awesome. And I know our players and our fans, you know, they are going to be, you know, um, I don't know if they'd be upset. I'm sure, hey, right, everybody, somebody's always upset, right, with a poll. Uh, I think from from our coach's standpoint, our player standpoint, you know, um, we don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Um, and, and I, again, I don't mean that to diminish the importance and the neatness of what D3 Hoops provides for, for basketball. Um, you know, you're right. Uh, we did have a great win at Wabash. You know, that game was on the road up there. Um, obviously, it was early, but, you know, it's a non-conference game, so you gotta got to play them when you can play them, right? Um, you know, Witt was picked to win the North Coast. Um, you know, we got pushed back a year. We, we couldn't play last year. It was the second year of a, of a two-year deal last year, and so it got moved to this year. Um, you know, Coach Croce does a great job at Wittenberg, and as you know, I mean, that's traditionally one of the best programs in the country, right, you know. And, uh, you know, then within our league, I mean, it's – I'm sure every league is like this a little bit, you know, um, and I think it's difficult to do some of the comparisons – um, just from the standpoint of you can look at a score on paper and you don't necessarily know if people had their full roster, right? Um, you know, I, I'll use Rose Holman in our league as an example. I mean, we played them Wednesday night is the first time they'd had their entire roster healthy since really first of December. And so, you know, that just plays a lot of tricks on things, I think, as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we are where we are. I'm happy with the uh, the strides our team has made and and the improvements that I think we're making. And and uh, we still feel like we got a long way to go. We got a tough one on the road at Anderson uh, on Wednesday, um, but uh, been happy with uh, with the way our guys have done the approach they've taken, the improvements that uh, they've made as we've gone along. It's certainly been impressive. Um, and again, kind of that bottom group. And no, just trust me. No disrespect taken, by the way. Um, I, I, my, my, my skin is thick and, uh, it, things slide off nowadays. Um, but I mean, you're also in a group. There's a lot of great, I mean, parody in division three men's basketball is what we've been talking about for years. And, and thanks to COVID it's made it worse. And I don't mean that as a negative. I just mean that there's so much more and so many more teams available. Tell me a little bit more about this squad because, um, you know, well, speaking of Brian Lane, you know, I talked to Brian. I'm like, hey, how are things? He goes, well, I'm, we don't have any graduate programs, so I can't really hold on to any of my guys. So it's a bit of a struggle. I look in through your roster, and, and you you don't have as many seniors as I expect. And then I remember the HCAC, you're all kind of the same. This That you lost yeah, that, that year, essentially. Yeah, that, that that's right. I mean, you know, um, so we've been the beneficiary. Our, our point guard, I've got two seniors, okay, our point guard, Isaac Hibbert, uh, you know, he's a basketball junkie, right? An econ major, but wants to be a college basketball coach and he'll be a really good one. You know, he loves it. He's a gym rat. When COVID came down the way it did, you know, not this past summer, but the summer previous, and it really looked like the season was going to be obviously very different. He came to school last year, the first semester, but then sat out of school. Uh, the second semester so he could come back and have a final year of of regular basketball. And so um, that's been great to have him. Uh, but to Brian's point, you know, 
we, we don't have graduate programs, right? You know, and, and uh, you know, I know, I know Case is having a great year. I saw they had an outstanding win against uh, Wash yesterday, yeah. right? And so I, I looked them up and I thought, oh, that's kind of neat. They got a couple guys that are one-year guys, kind of a, a, a D1 thing, right? You know, where for us, I've got two seniors, I've got two juniors, the rest are freshmen and sophomores and uh, graduated some outstanding young men last year. I'm glad that they got to have the season that they did, but it wasn't the season that we're all used to, right? right. Shows like this were pretty different, right? It was kind of like we were just kind of trying to create opportunities for guys to play. And so, um, you know, we're a young team. I start three sophomores uh, probably about three weeks ago. Uh, they got to the point where they had played the normal number of games that typically you would play at the end of your freshman year. If you follow my math there, right? Yeah, you sure, know, they, sure. They, they played what, like 12, 13 games last year. So when you think about the development process of kids across the country, right, you know, like last year was tough. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to a lot of us division three schools, right. You know, we're in the same boat. Um, and so we're young. Um, I don't think we have a dominant player right now. Um, you know, I don't have a, you know, I was blessed to have, you know, last five years, a couple of D three, you know, hoops, all Americans and camp fails and West McKinney, you know, um, we don't have that yet. Uh, but I think we've got a collection of really good players um, basketball people that watch our teams play generally reach out to me and tell me they really enjoy the way we try to play it. Um, it has to be a five on five deal for us. We really move the ball and share it. We don't have one guy that we're trying to ISO and, 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 and would love to have that guy, uh, you know, may need to have that guy right to, to really make a run in the tournament. Um, but so, but we've our, our guys have really bought in and they've we've always been this way here. We've always really preached it and sold it to, you know, it's it's our five against their five. Um, it's our way against their way. And I think that um, as we've gone through the year, we've gotten better at that. Our guys have bought into that. And that's really the type of team uh, that we have. I enjoy coaching them every day. Um, very, very unselfish group. And um, again, like I said, we've got Isaac Hibbert and Noah Williams, our two seniors. Um outstanding leadership from both of those guys. Uh, really, last spring, you know, Isaac was not on campus, so it was Noah by himself leading a group of freshmen, and then we were recruiting another another group, right? And and so those two guys have been great, um, you know, but uh, I expect a lot of us coaches in Division Three can tell the same story at some point, yeah. trying to navigate last year into this year, building our teams this year with having a very different year last year. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Hibbert and Williams. Hibbert, 11.5 points a game, 5.5 rebounds a game, leader in assists by a long shot. Jeez, uh, he's probably averaging two or three a game. I mean, it's 91 over 17 games. I can do math later. Um, <laughs> Williams, 5.8 points a game, 2.2 rebounds a game. But you got Matt Munoz leading the team at 15 points a game, 5.5 rebounds. You've got Ty Houston, 15 points a game, 5.5 rebounds. Both of them shoot real well. Jeez, Munoz is 58% from the floor, 39% from deep. Uh, Houston, 42 and 41. And you also have Max Greenemoyer, uh, 12 and a half, almost 13 points a game, four rebounds. So while you talk about those two, those three certainly are stirring the drink as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, let me start, start off, you know, with Ty. Ty is a tremendous two-way player. Um, 
you know, he's good offensively, but he's also one of the best perimeter defenders that I've coached. He's he can guard one through four and quite frankly, guard five a little bit, you know, so he's just got a real knack for being able to stay in front of the ball. He's got a little size and length, um, you know, and then he scored the ball for us as well. You know, he can shoot it. He's got a mid range game. So he gives us a nice wing player. Uh, Munoz is kind of this, uh, you know, Matt's this this new type of five man, you know, I mean, he can uh, he can post it and score back to the basket uh, in ball screen situations. He can pop and shoot the three. He's also a threat to put it on the floor and drive by against a bigger guy. Um, you know, really versatile offensive player, you know, ties a junior match, just a sophomore. And then you mentioned Max as well. And Max is a pretty two pretty good two way guy as well. I mean, he he guards well on the perimeter and gives us that that shooter out there that I think a good division three team has, you know, that's going to make it somewhere in the forties, um, you know, on the stat sheet. And uh, so, I mean, I, I, while I say we don't have a, a one dominant player, I think we do have a collection of pretty good guys, which does give us the chance to find offense in a variety of different ways, which the best teams we've had, um, right. You know, and I think the best teams that are at there, they can score in different types of games and they can also score it in, in different ways. I mean, the three point shot uh, is 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 a big part of the game. But I think all of us coaches would say you still want to be able to have something at the basket, something that can get you to the foul line. And, uh, you know, so so some of those guys give us that uh, quickly. You've got. Six games left in the regular season. Anderson, Earlham, Franklin, Manchester, Transylvania, Mount St. Joseph. What's the message to the team going into practices, going into games? What What is it to the guys you're trying to stress at this point with a month left? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I think I think real simply, um, you know, hey, we've let let's continue to make it about the things that have got us to this point, right? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, here at Hanover in the HCAC, right, you play on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So we generally take each six-day block, right? We take Sundays off and we say, hey, let's try to go 2-0 and in these six days. Kind of our phrase is you can't go 2-0 and unless you go 1-0, and right? And so I think I know that sounds kind of coined and cliche and a bunch of coach speak, but um, I've just always felt like, um, it gets really dangerous, right, when you get too far ahead of yourself. Um, obviously, we are where we are. That's going to give me a chance to come on and spend a little bit of time with you, which is awesome, right? Um, I'm sure that that they're seeing these things and hearing these things. Um, but but our best bet, in my opinion, moving forward, right, is to just continue to stay focused on the things right in front of us. Um, we'll practice at 3.15 today, go out and try to identify a couple things that we can be better at uh, by tomorrow, you know, sort of deal. And and that's kind of my DNA. It's how I was brought up by, by coach Beitzel here at Hanover. And, and uh, it, I, I kind of feel most comfortable doing it that way, I guess. Well, Hey, I appreciate the insight as always love our chats. Wish I could have more time, but we got to wrap it up. And of course you've got things to do better than this. So I appreciate the time nonetheless, but thanks for the understanding of who the Panthers are this season. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Well, hey, no, again, like I said, uh, uh, 
And I've told you this before, and I think every time we talk, it's what I tell you, and I really mean it. You know, what you guys do, I mean, heck, I think you and I were trading emails last night at uh, late, and and I think your email to me today had a timestamp of like 1.30 a.m. So, I mean, the, <laughs> the work that you guys put into it um, is great for these student athletes and um, and the fans, and and I appreciate it. Like I said, I it's great to see you through Zoom. We've kind of gotten used to that now, I guess. Uh, but I, like I said, appreciate the opportunity to be on and uh, maybe I'll see you again here down the road. Yeah, I can't wait to see you on an airplane on the way to Vegas. How's that sound? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, if not before then, we'll see you soon enough. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, one thirty. That's about right. Yep. <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> Get I'll some sleep, you man. Yep. John All Miller right. joining us from Hanover. Uh, by the way, I was up till probably three. But that's a whole nother story. Uh, we got to get going. If you got questions for us, you can always send them to us. We'll now break down the top 25 coming up. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC studios. We'll be back with more coming up. But first, I want to give some love to the NABC, of course, who helps with this show. The National Association of Basketball Coaches works to further the best interests of the game of basketball and the coaches and players who participate in the sport. The NABC thanks to nearly 5,000 member coaches, including the many Division Three coaches who impact our game for the upholding the core values of leadership, advocacy, service, education, and inclusion. For more information on the NABC, head over to nabc.com. Back with more Hoopsville after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. <laughs> we fly so much by the seat of our pants sometimes that I'm literally listening to the conversation for the next segment, and we've just thrown out something out there. I love it. That's how we roll here. I also think it's nuts because I could be doing this so much better with a real producer and stuff. But, you know, pipe dreams, pipe dreams. If you've got que uh, questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. Lots of ways to interact with us. Going to keep things moving because we're tight on time. Top 25 is coming out later this week or later today. Actually, it probably could be out if it wasn't for me. Uh, I am one of a couple voters who have not gotten in their top 25 ballot yet. 
Maybe I do it by the end of the show or right after. We'll see. And maybe you can get out before the end of the show, but it's all going to depend on me a little bit. Uh, and I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not positive of most of my ballot, especially the bottom half. But that's why we love discussing things. And joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's our gents from last week, Mike Raniak, who's in the upper left-hand corner, who's taking a page out of my book, I noticed. He has hung up a, a jersey in the background, the D3 All-Stars one. I don't have the one I love so much from them right now hung up, but it will be up for the marathon. Our our Ryan Terrell one, which will is always a trivia question. Ryan Scott joining us. He has some paraphernalia in the background too, but I don't see any jerseys. Guys, good to see you. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. It was a bonkers week. Listen, we always get used to in men's basketball having a week here, a week there, where you had some losses or some big one, big games because you're in the CCIW, the WIAC or whatever. It, you know, we're going to see some losses. We saw a ton. We saw a ton of losses from some good teams for varying different reasons. I mean, I'm, I'm scratching my head as to how Illinois Wesleyan lost to Concordia Chicago. I'm trying to figure out how in the world WashU loses two. Maybe there's an injury. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Platteville came out unscathed. Oh, they only played one game, or they probably would have taken a loss by the way everything else was going. This week was nuts. I have no idea what to say. I mean, it, it's uh, it's one of those things. Um, as we're going through the ballot, you know, I I ended up deciding to put Marietta up at number two. Wow. Um, I don't actually think that they're better than some of those teams, but what I think this week showed us is that those teams losing two games in the case of WashU and Oshkosh or uh, WashU and, and Illinois Wesleyan, um, they're beatable, right? These are teams that Absolutely. have really high ceilings, but they're beatable. And what Marietta has shown thus far this season is unless they're playing Randolph-Macon, they're not beatable. You know, they're they're coming out and playing even when they have a bad half. They're they're coming back and and winning these games and winning by a sizable margin. And I feel like at this point, Given what we saw this week, I had to reward that consistency. I mean, there's some, there's, there's a fair argument. I, I like how you put that. I mean, as much as I haven't been a fan of Marietta, and I think there's some weaknesses, you will raise a very good point that they've at least gotten it done. Um, and we could argue whether their competition is as tough, whatever. I mean, they played some tough competition. You got me wrong, but that's an interesting take. Raniac, your your thoughts on it? Great minds think alike, Ryan. The exact same philosophy. I put him at number two. And at the same point in time, to your credit, Dave, after the week, like I'm looking through box scores, I'm watching the games, I'm seeing whether or not there's injury, if it's COVID, if it's travel, I'm going through all, all the scenarios. And it was like, for lack of a better term, like, like Marietta, like to me was a big jump just because they took care of business. And I think at the end of the day, you got to take care of business. You know, like that Concordia-Chicago game, they were pretty much in control the entire game. Like that was a that was versus Illinois Wesleyan. And, you know, you go through kind of uh, peaks and valleys as a team. Like, and, and I know, you know, Ron's going to – I would be fearful whoever's playing Illinois Wesleyan next because Ron, Ron Rose is going to gonna get them rocking and rolling. Um, so I think, like, for that philosophy, that's why I had Marietta at number two as well. Do I believe they're number two? I don't know. But, like, I think, like, for what has happened in the top 25 this week, uh, I had to reward them for, for just taking care of business. 
No, it's a fair point. It just bonkers. Um, by the way, I would have thought Ron would have had him ready for Concordia Chicago, but that could have been a trap game to say the least. And by the way, a hell of a block at the end of regulation just to force that game to go to um, yes. overtime. Ryan, you posted something about it uh, being surprised or seeing a better camera angle or something that, that proved it was the right call. I thought well, the game camera was perfect. That's what I mean. That oh, okay. that was the the fans in the in the arena were very upset that it wasn't a goaltending, but it clearly wasn't. But Ow. I'm not sure that you could see it from the floor angle in the Got same it. way that the, the camera. Yeah, no, that, that, that it. It, was, it was pretty obvious from the from the, yeah, the camera view. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So let's get to our top twenty five. You guys are done with your yours. I am literally scratching as as we speak, shaking. I, I've had ten different thoughts, and I st- finally walked away from it at three a.m. last night. Um, Mike, we'll start with you. Do you want to go deep dive or, or uh, dubious? Ooh. Let's go with deep dive. Who is it? I'm going to throw out Case Western. All right, I've done that one before. I, I like how you think. Go for I, it. I know we've, I know because they, they kind of just like they're on the fringe. They were on the fringe last week. My guess is with the Washu, they're going to be getting more. Um more votes and, and be solid in the top 25 this week. I mean, obviously everybody's going to talk about the, the Washu victory, which obviously was a huge one for them. And, and in my opinion, this is the, one of the best case Western teams I've seen in my tenure at, at division three. Um, like the Hanover coach was talking before they're led by some grad grad transfers, which is pretty cool. Um, if you have that ability, like, uh, Tom McGinnis does that case, I mean, Griffin Corniker was a heck of a player at Middlebury and now all of a sudden he's at, he's at case setting a single game assist record, you know, a couple, a couple weeks back at like 15, which is nothing to shake a stick at, but like, they're really solid. You know, they're, they're 80% free throw percentage as a team and they're getting to the line a decent amount. So they're not giving away games where where you typically lose them as as a as a team. So they're really efficient in how they play. Um, older vet team. I like kind of what they're doing. They're sharing the rock well. They're playing and, and in a and in a battle tested league like the UAA. I I think they're going to make a really deep run that's going to surprise some people um, because just because of Case Western's history in the past. I, Not because I, of where they are currently. People know I've liked them. Um, I've had them in the top 10 for the last few weeks. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts? Well, I think what I saw in, in the Wash U game more than anything is that it it seemed like they were really finally clicking into the roles, right? Because you've got, I think, three grad transfers that came in, um, all starters, which really can disrupt your chemistry. Um, guys who have very specific talents and skills, that it's it's hard to work out when you step up and when I think we saw Pendergast taking all the big shots down the stretch, which is what they need. He's their best shooter. He's the best playmaker. But you can also see earlier in the year him being a little more tentative and a little more willing to pass in those situations because he wasn't quite ready. And I think if they really are confident in the roles they're playing and everybody's on the same page, they they can match up with anybody, as you saw. I mean, wasn't that Washu played a terrible game? I think Nolan had a bum ankle, but... You know, that that's not the, the whole explanation for it. No, good point. I, I like I like how everyone's jumping on my bandwagon now. Uh Ryan, what's your pick? So I'm staying, I'm staying in the UAA Ooh. and I'm gonna bring up Brandeis. All right. I like um, it. I don't think 
They're getting a vote this week. I had them in the poll up until the very last moment. Um, I think they've looked good. I think they were pretty high in the preseason. They've gone through injuries. They had that significant stretch where they had to postpone games. They missed two full conference weekends. And so we're just now seeing them back. Um, they lost at WashU. They lost at Emory. But those are games I think we would expect them to lose, especially a team that's sort of towards the bottom of the top, uh, of the top 25, if we're, if we're going to say that. Um, and I think they're playing really well. They're deep. They're talented. They're experienced. Um, you know, they might be the, the fourth best team in that conference, but that's still a pretty good team. And uh, I, I didn't put them in the poll. I pulled them back out again because they do have a, a home game this weekend. They've got Emory and Rochester at home. Um, and I think if they could do something there, then, then they'll be, they'll be ready to be in the poll next week. I like. If, if I were picking one, I just want to save time. I think I'd go with Hanover. Um, the win over Wabash, having a really good season. You can kind of understand where I'm looking at teams sometimes if they're not in the, on the radar and they're on the show. It's because I'm I'm curious about a team. I want to learn more. Hanover would be my deep dive. Uh, I, Coach said what I would have said. I think they're a pretty dangerous unit and maybe a little under under the radar for a lot of teams. All right, we'll jump over to Dubious. Ryan, your choice. Okay, so we're running out of teams that we haven't yes. mentioned yet in this point. <laughs> and, and I think given the number of losses we have, it's hard to be dubious about anybody. Um, and so I'm going way down. I'm not even sure they're going to be in the poll, but I'm a little dubious of where Amherst is right now. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, they finally got all the guys back healthy that we've been saying all year. Once they're healthy, once they're healthy, once they're healthy, this is going to be a really good team. And they didn't play super well in the two games that they've had everybody back. Um, and so I, I wonder if this is a, where we finally pull the ripcord and we say maybe it's, it's not quite their year. If we recall the last time we had a season in 19 and 20, we were saying the same thing, that they're really loaded, but they're a little hurt. And uh, they, they didn't quite live up to billing. And, and um, I'm a little dubious that they're going to be able to get there, especially with how loaded the conference is. Yeah, fair point. I like your thinking. Um, Ryan, uh, uh, Mike, your first thoughts? Well, you really put me in an awkward situation because I spent pretty much all of my 20s at, at Amherst. And they, I got putting it on a T, sir. <laughs> I got married in Amherst. My family's from there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I'm a Lord Jeff, not a mammoth. But Ooh. Uh, I will say this um, and knowing the team intimately, like I do, um, I do not believe that they're as strong as they should be. Um, so for whatever it is, I know, you know, it, it's not uh, Marlon's fault that the fact that they had the COVID year, so they couldn't gel right. And they, you have these players uh, like Grant Robinson returning and, and, and things along those lines. So they didn't have a, like kind of to get the train really rolling. In my opinion, like their out of conference schedule like really did not prepare them for the NESCAC. It is like um, when you beat a team, no offense, by 60 or 70, I don't – that's that's with me as a coach. Like what are we getting out of that in, in January? And I think like that's where – and the NESCACs typically, you know, do schedule lighter early on, but then they start to ramp it up along the way, and I just don't think that they're battle-tested when they face the league like a Williams, like a Middlebury, like a Wesleyan, and Tufts now on the horizon. To be honest, I'm ranking them probably the last of that group 
just because of what I've seen and, and for whatever reason, they're just not clicking. Um, they, they've shown great moments like Garrett Day is a phenomenal guard. Grant Robinson's a phenomenal guard. And they got, you know, the typical shooters and long rebounders down below. But I just don't think for whatever reason, it's it's it could be an early exit in the NESCAC tournament for them. Um, yeah. Just what I see from a, a playing perspective. Who's your dubious? Uh, Amherst, <laughs> really? Wow. No, <laughs> Miles will not get back to Massachusetts ever again. Um, I, I, I'm. Oh, hold I, on. I what? What? This. Oh, hey, Hickson, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, this is different. This is different. Different, different coach. Um, so uh, I think I'm going to go with Christopher Newport, and I know it's. I know I'm going to offend some people. No, but, but it's, it's. We haven't talked about him. And I think I was going kind of digging through everything. And I'm and, and it's kind of similar with what my thought was to to your point, Ryan, with Amherst. In my opinion, the, yes, they beat Randolph Megan. Awesome. That's phenomenal. That was early on. But since December, uh, and I had to get my stats in order so I so that I don't trip up. You had 13 games in December, uh, from December to now. All right, only two wins of those, in my opinion, have been above, uh, with teams that are substantially above 500. And that's way back when, when they played Lynchburg and Heidelberg, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, Hamden Sydney back on December 14th. Okay. Five of the last six wins for them. And mind you, all these 13 games are wins are versus in my opinion, below 500 teams below 500, well below 500 and then six versus 500 teams. So like, are they good? Yes. I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm just, I had them ranked fourth in, in my poll. I don't think that they're ranked fourth. I really don't. But because of a chaos that ensued this week, um, if I'm going to go with Marietta at two, I got to go with Christopher Newport at four because they took care of business and they will continue to. And I hope they prove me wrong because I, I, I think Rob's a great coach. Um, but for me right now, I, I think it's a little bit of fool's goal with Christopher Newport. Uh, listen, I, I, you make good points, Ryan. Do you have any counter thought? Well, I mean, they've they've played much of their schedule at this point. You know, being in this this CDC conference is is really throwing them off a little bit. They've got two games with Mary Washington and two games with Salisbury coming up, and those are going to be tougher tests than they've had in six weeks yeah. for the most part. Um, and and those are good teams, but not great teams. Um, this is a squad we know has great defense. Um, they've been able to score, but as you said, when they haven't played a really strong team in so long, we don't know if the offense is where it's supposed to be. Um, it isn't like the Christopher Newport schedules of old where they, you knew they were going to be tested in conference. You knew they were going to have some games to keep them up. And we, we don't really know if they're going to be able to match the intensity they had right at the beginning of the season. Um, they just, they just haven't had that opportunity. Uh, I, I, Fascinated. I know Coach K is probably listening. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what plays out. I know their schedule is what it is. Um, I know there's times that I've underestimated them and they've stepped up. There's times I've overestimated them and, and they've fallen short. Um, but they're always a good competitive team. So dubious, but right. certainly a top 25 squad. Um, well, and, and I've got them eighth 
which yeah, I've got him eight. Been seemed uh, a little low to me. Nine. And I think we always come back with Christian Newport, right? Two Final Fours in the right. last few years. I mean, these are and those are teams that we didn't expect, right? Because they're fundamentally sound, and they always come on in the second half. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like they missed out as much as anybody with that canceled tournament because they were really coming on. The offense was clicking in ways that it hadn't before, and and uh, it's a team that always gets better. So hopefully they'll they'll not be thrown off too much by the schedule they've had to play this year. Um, all right, so let's go debatable now. By the way, my dubious, I don't really have one, as you said. Maybe we got to move forward with a new title. That we can do something about head scratchers, teams that we think are good who aren't performing or whatever. Um, well, we'll maybe move on if we don't have any more dubious in the, in the future years. But let's talk debatable. Uh, may only have one. I know that this is the one that was thrown out earlier. Mike, I don't know if you have a debatable or not. Ryan's intrigued me that he threw in at the last second. So I, I, I want to lean with Ryan first and just see where right. it takes us. So the reason I'm pulling this up, one, I didn't have too many teams we hadn't talked about yet. And I noticed that sitting currently today, number 17 in the Massey Index um, is Guilford. Um, it's a team I haven't thought a ton about. Um, they, they have a pretty good record. They lost the two games right out of the gate. That wasn't great. Uh, and they haven't played a ton of the really the top teams in their conference just yet. But, you know, this is a team that's always good, perennially up there, um, playing in a strong conference. I, I haven't seen them much. I think I watched one game so far this year. Um, but the fact that Massey has them ranked up so high despite losses usually means that they're playing well even in the games they lose. So I, I don't know if you guys have seen them, if you've heard much about it. Um, always a pieces. strong defensive team. So Yeah, I've caught bits and, bits and pieces. Listen, they're better now. Uh, listen, we could go through the whole rigmarole that when they were a better team when Palumbo wasn't AD, um, and and that might be what is happening. He's back to just focusing on coaching. Um, I'm a little leery. Some of their losses kind of just rub me weird, but I I can't sit here and tell you I'm not considering when outside of Randolph making them as an, another ODAC team in there. Roanoke certainly in that conversation too. Um, I also, um, I had Hamden Sydney though. They hit a couple bumps of late. I had them earlier in my top 25 earlier this year for one week. So I've been debating in the ODAC and Guilford stands out as the one I should be voting for. I just don't know why yet. And, and that's why I haven't voted for him. I mean, the true test test is going to be Thursday. I think they play Randolph Macon yep. on third on, on the third. So that's going to be a, a big test. Um, I watch them play, you know, maybe, a half here, half there. Um, they do play a little bit of a slower type of style, um, but that that is Coach Palumbo's kind of kind of jam. Um, and and they take care of the rock, and I and I think they they know who they are. Like they're they're not going to be a, a up and down type of team. I think they're averaging somewhere in the sixties, you know, and they kind of grind out games in the sixties, um, which is fine if that's who you are, which is what they are. So it's going to be interesting how that clashes on Thursday. With Randolph Macon in their style to see how that plays out. It is going to be interesting to see how that type of grind them out types of style um, kind of translates as they kind of move forward because um, they know who they are. But what happens when you play that type of style? If you're in an up and down type of game and it starts to, you need to make a comeback. It's very tough to make a comeback if you're playing the grind them out types of style. So I don't know how long vision, like long term, that's going to be. 
But I'm, I'm excited to see them play on, on Thursday versus Randolph-Macon be, for both sides to see Randolph-Macon get an, a, a good test and, and, and to see kind of Guilford, um, you know, rise to the opportunity. To and clarify, talk about a, a backloaded conference ahead, ahead. schedule here, the, the backloaded conference schedule. They've got, I think, eight conference games left, uh, two Randolph-Macon, Hamden-Sydney, Lynchburg, Roanoke. I mean, they certainly have an opportunity yes. to put themselves right in the middle of the conversation if they go on a run here, right? And, and they also have an opportunity to just be written completely off, right. depending on and how this, this next couple of weeks go. I think that loss to Hamden-Sydney, who I had been considering, but has also taken a couple of losses, especially 20 to Randolph-Macon, is kind yeah. of where I sit there hitting the pause button for a little longer. Yeah, they get through this. Oh, it's a whole other conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, quickly, do you have a, a, a debatable you want to bring up? I got two oh, because they're we don't in have time my for opinion, two. They're the same situation, same state. Uh, Nazareth and Oswego. They're the same. They're like the exact same situation. <laughs> they're rolling in their conference. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to be tested. No. In my in my opinion, like I wish. I wish when I coached in the SUNYAC, we had this opportunity because uh, it was, it was, it's awesome for them because like, they're not going to be tested um, as we go 12 and 0 in conference. Okay. The bottom four teams have a combined 10 wins on the season. So, you know, like that's two, right. That's like six wins right there. Um, the next closest one um, has four losses. So you're in good and they run great stuff and Jay's a great coach. Um, and I think the whole league has great coaches. It's just one of those years where the roster turnover, I think, really hurt public universities, recruiting, whatever it is. You can go into COVID. Now, on the flip side, um, Nazareth, uh, six out of their nine uh, uh, conference opponents below 500. Bottom three have have two total wins. Um, they're only going to be really challenged, you know, maybe by – Utica, but they beat them by 40 points. And they, and, and, uh, you know, St. John Fisher, they beat by six. And here's an interesting thing Oswego's loss is to Nazareth. So they're pretty much the exact same team. I think both of them are really well coached. They're both play really great um, styles. Like Nazareth is, is more of an offensive um, type of group, whereas Oswego, you know, is leading the league defensively. Like, uh, typically, uh, Jay does, um, Coach Leon at Oswego. So it's very, I think they're pretty much in the same situation, good teams. Um, I think they, they're going to be higher as they start to get kind of down. I wouldn't be shocked if either of them make a really deep run in the tournament um, because they are um, – they got all the pieces in place for both of their styles. Nazareth's more offensive. Oswego's more defensive. Same situation. They're going to get both the automatic bid. I hate to jinx them both, but they are. Well, you just um, did. And, and, uh, and um, I think, like, they're going to be uh, an interesting take because down the line, I, I could see them being potentially higher than where they are. Like, this week I have Naz at 24, and as we go at 19, I think they're going to be higher. Well, again, Nazareth beat Oswego, who beat or RPI, who beat Naz. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> screw us all up we mentioned that before ryan any quick thoughts on that one 
Well, I went back and forth with the Nazareth fan because I have them pretty far apart on my ballot. Um, I've just thought Oswego has has rounded into form, uh, giving me a lot more confidence at least than than Nazareth has. There's a lot of talent in Nazareth. I don't think that conference is as good, even though the SUNY X down. I think it's still better than the E8. And um, you know, I I I just don't not totally confident in Nazareth just yet we'll need a few more losses near the bottom of the poll i think before i bump them back in bill nelson um, and jeff van gundy are on the line they'd like to talk to you about your nazareth choices no, i'm just kidding but if i really do love that team i've i've liked them for you. What? the program for a, a while um i i'm i'm a big fan i just have, yeah. have not bumped them up in in, in yet so. i have oswego on my ballot i do not have nazareth it's because i just don't have enough damn room and by the way mine's done finished it so she'd be in um it's a cluster. Anyway, gentlemen, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Any final thoughts before I let you go, Ryan? I'm just looking forward to finishing this thing out. You know, it feels like we're actually going to get to a selection Sunday and have a bracket and and all the things that we are looking forward to that we've missed for, for two years. So, Knock on um, wood. Yeah. Mike, you? Game of the week, Randolph Mankin, Guilford. If it doesn't live up to the hype, Ryan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be calling you. <laughs> well we have a phone call awaiting one of you's calling the other i can just tell hey guys thanks for the time appreciate it take care of it and uh, enjoy the rest of the day thanks be well ryan's got ryan mike raniac joining us on the hoopsville hotline talking about the double take new top 25 should be out soon uh, if if it's not finished now there's one voter still awaiting we'll see what happens uh can I take a break running a little bit behind we got to get going layman uh layman men's basketball coach steven shulman join us talk about his lightning squad over 13 and 2 7 and 1 in conference play you're listening to hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com back with more after this great moments are born from great opportunity that's what you have here tonight that's what you've earned here tonight this is your time. Now go out there and take it. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can join us on Facebook where we're live streaming the simulcast of the show, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Haven't seen any questions there, but if we do, we'll try and answer them. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash hoopsville. We're live streaming on simulcast there as well. So you can join us there if you need to as well. I want to thank Blue Frame Technology for their assistance in all of that. Switching gears, let's go to the fourth region, which is uh, the Atlantic Old Region. Uh, Cuniac, if you look there, it's got a pretty good race at the top. 
Farouk and Lehman are uh, battling it out with a big game coming up. Well, I always like talking lightning because I'm a weather guy. Yeah, that's how I decided to bring Lehman into the show. I decided to talk about lightning. Not really, but it works out for the storyline. Join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. It's Stephen Schulman, the head coach of the Lightning. We're 13-2 and two overall, 7-1 and one in CUNYAC play. Coach, first and foremost, good to see you. It's been a while. Hey, great to see you. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be on, and uh, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, hey, listen, great season so far. As I said, uh, you look at how you're doing with a big game coming up against Baruch. Uh, obviously for the top of the conference, you've got to be pretty thrilled that at this point, two losses and just one in conference play as we head into the final month of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited with the, our seniors have really, we have two special seniors in uh, Gian Batista and Isaiah gathers, and they've both been great leaders and they played well. Uh, they sat out the entire last year waiting to play this year. And uh, so I'm really excited for them and the whole group. When you look at, you talk about sitting out, we'll just jump to that. Obviously, that's the biggest pr- interesting factor for everybody this season is whether players are able to come back, whether players decided to sit out. To some degree, the CUNY kind of sat on its head. Um, it so many changes from John Jay leading the conference, you know, technically two seasons ago to everybody parked and unable to play last year uh, for the large part. Players had to make some tough decisions two guys decide to sit out that, that that's not, they're not taking that decision lightly. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, we had multiple, multiple conversations. We couldn't even promise them really that we were going to play this year. It was uh, in the city here, CUNAC conference, uh, you know, with a leadership, uh, very conservative in terms of COVID and pushing through uh, the trust. You know, they went with the trust factor. I told them, look, I really think we'll be playing uh, they're both were close to graduating. Um, they both needed a few more credits to graduate. So it worked out well. Yeah. I mean, you talk about New York city, obviously been the epicenter to some degree of COVID. It's not a fair representation, but it certainly is where the hotbed was when everything started. Um, and, and it's been the focal point for, as you said, a little bit more aggressive attack on, on the virus in terms of what public publicly can do. That's going to be challenging as a coach because you don't have to go that far outside of New York to see it a little bit maybe looser or conferences taking a little bit more risk or, or schools. That's going to be tough to be sitting there and, and dealing. I'm not right or wrong. I, I'm not making a judgment of saying that's got to be tough for you. It's a great judgment because it's been it's extremely difficult. It's very difficult. Early on, our non-league games, if you asked, if you polled my guys, we, we, had, we played most of our games on the road and our guys loved it. Because we went to Centenary, the place was back. Even schools right down the road within the city, St. Joe's, Brooklyn. Um, so it, 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 it's really we still haven't allowed fans here at Lehman yet. We're expecting that to change hopefully in the next few days. But um, it, it really is a challenge tested each week. We're it, it's a grind on the guys, but they you know our uh, motto this year has been uh, you know kind of a marine motto of improvise, adapt, overcome. And basically that's what these guys have done. They're just every day they get different commands, different things they need to do for the week. And uh, they've been real sports. They've, they've got it done. 
Speaking of which, you've had a number of games either postponed or canceled, date back all the way to the 29th. You had a game against Pratt that wasn't played, a game on the 29th of December. That was the 29th of November against Pratt, 29th of December. Uh, a game against Maritime called off, purchase on the 10th of, of uh, January. And your next game on the schedule is supposed to be New York and New York. That one's been called off. So you also have to adapt to different schedules. Are you hoping to make up any of those games? Some yeah, of all those the league games, games, especially conference? all the league games we're making up. All the league games we're making up. Um, I'm really disappointed. Our coaches versus cancer tournament. That's a great event every year. We had Gettysburg. You know, we need good wins non-league. We had yeah. Gettysburg College coming in, um, but you know, it doesn't look like we're going to be making any of those up. So it looks like we're going to be playing a 22-game schedule. Um, we have like a little travel ban going on where we're not supposed to leave the tri-state area uh, because I've been in co touch with, uh, uh, you know, DeSales about having a little showdown game because they have a real good record. Uh, but right now, if I had a guess, I think we're just going to – the three games we lost are gone for good. Uh, we'll redo York, and it'll be a 22-game season. Yeah, I should point out, SUNY Poly Gettysburg, that was the other game that was taking place at your event, so there was another game we didn't even mention there. Uh, that we didn't get out, so it's a good point. Um, Tri-State, I mean, the sales is ah, just outside. Darn, that stinks. Um, we'll have to work on that. I know a few schools who, who might be trying oh, to play. i got to work on, too, my administration allowing me to add different games. That, exactly. But right now, it's just, you know, it's hard to explain, but the CUNY in general with resources from COVID and things, sure. things are, are real difficult right now. Uh, and you guys played a little bit sooner conference tournament. Uh, than everybody else. So as a result, your window is a little tighter than everybody else's is right now. Yeah, there is talk about us moving it. It uh, hasn't been confirmed yet. So we start on that Saturday. Um, normally the top six make it. Rumor is it's going to go to eight because of COVID. They're going to allow everybody in. And there's also talk about pushing it back to the following Tuesday, which would give us a little time to make up games if we have to. Sure. But everybody in terms of league, has been grinding. They've rescheduled all the games. So um, we, we look good to go for the rest of the year. Looking at your team again, individuals, you're led by Isaiah uh, Geithers. Listen, <laughs> 25 and a half points a game. And what blows me away is then it's like, okay, the second guy's probably what, 10, 12 points a game? No, no, no. 21.7 for a Batista, uh, <laughs> 10 and a half for, I'm going to say Mo's last name wrong. So I apologize. Indrisio? Uh, Close, Andresio. Oh, it was Andresio. I, see, I was going yeah. there first. Uh, and then really 10 points a game also for Will Feldman. But it blows me away. I, I'm I'm used to seeing a team that might have 120-plus point score. But the higher that number is, the less likely you're going to see someone else high in double figures. You got two guys at 22 points a game or more. That's significant. And, and I got to imagine, is it hard to balance, manage? Well, it's not hard to manage because these two dudes are really good players, Dave. I mean, they haven't really got a chance to, to get out that far. But both of them, I mean, they were first-team all-conference players back in 2019. So you add two years of age to them. Um, they're both really, really good players. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of the balance, it always is a concern. Um, where, you know, where that third and fourth guy, you know, we, we need that third and fourth guy. Moe's been doing it lately. Um, so when we get a, a good contribution from Mo or Will Feldman or Juan Fernandez, then we become really unbeatable. Um, the games that we struggle are when we have sometimes having trouble 
the third score and getting stuff done. But but Isaiah and Gian, Gian, um, he's like a do-it-all type of guy. I mean, so you see only, you know, he's the second leading scorer, but he leads our conference in assists and he's second in the conference in rebounding. So he's he's an incredible player. So both of them are just really high-level players. Um, so it is a challenge to get the balance, but it's a good problem to have having two really good players. Yeah, Gian, we should point out a double-double at 21.7 points a game, 11.1 rebounds a game. And then, as you said, he also has the assist total. He's got 109 out of 15 games. So he's not double digits there, but uh, it, that would be a bit of a more of a story if he was. Um, but then again, you talk about Isaiah, Gian, and Mo, and Will, those four. They combine for 47 of your 83 points on average you know, per game. That's a, a big weight. Now, granted, it's four of them, and so you're going to have to guard each guy, but it falls off precipitously, precipitously after that. Does that put more pressure on making sure they don't foul out, that, that you guys find ways on offense to get clicking so that defenses can't key on you, whatever? Does that add more pressure, or is it because okay. there's four guys? Go for it. No, no, the, 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 foul, pre- the you know, foul trouble is definitely something, and we've maneuvered it great all year um uh we've had multiple uh, uh you know i don't know if you know hunter they're running kind of like the system this year yeah um when it's crazy and we actually went up 30 on hunter in the first half and both zay and gian had two and i'm like let's just we're up 30 let's get them both out and before you knew it at halftime it was 10 you know mm-hmm. so we've had to but i don't want to say that we have you know, um, Marquise Johnson, we've had other guys who can really play. So it's not a lack of talent. Like, it's not like we have three or four guys. We have the depth. It's just these two guys are freaking good. And and teams have trouble stopping them. Um, you know, even a Baruch, who's probably the best defensive team in our conference, has trouble stopping these two guys. So they're, they're really, you know, Gian specifically, he's a notch above. He's a really uh, good Division three talent. It's interesting to hear, and I appreciate your your uh, insight on those guys. You brought up Baruch. You guys uh, played them back on the 19th, lost 71-67 in a, in a barn burner game, only the second loss of the season, the previous one coming to Southern Maine. Uh, you'll take them on in the penultimate game of the season as of now, barring any changes to the schedule, on February 12th. Baruch obviously looks good. They're at the top of the conference, a game up on you, undefeated in conference play, off to a pr- pretty good start. Again, back to the weather analogy, I chose Lightning uh, over Baruch. Um, but what is it about that team, and can you get them again, you know, can you get the win back, as it were, that makes them so good and makes that matchup so tough for you guys? Well, Baruch is just the perennial, you know, one of the top teams in our league. We, we're usually up there, too. Uh, but, you know, the thing with, with, with Coach Alisi does is they're just a terrific man-to-man defensive team. You know, we like to compare them a little bit to Virginia, a little faster than that. But it's the same concept where even if you're very offensively talented like my team, you go into Baruch and, you know, getting 70 becomes difficult. And that adds a lot of frustration and strain on your team when they're used to kind of scoring 80, you know, so he just does a great job defensively. He does a great job of scouting your talent. Um, you know, we joke with Baruch all the time and my players joke about it. It's nothing that it's not a fact. 
know, his guys know my sets. Baruch's players know my sets better than my actual players do. You know, I mean, he's got four-year guys. Uh, we have a lot of college players, uh, a lot of transfers. So we have a more of a, a two-year system, I would say, at Lehman, where we bring a lot of guys in and they play two years and, and then uh, graduate uh, going against that four-year system. So it's always been a good challenge, but we've done very well against them. So we're looking forward to that game. But we have tough – We have this is a, hell, a tough week for us. We got City College tomorrow. Then we got a makeup game against Pratt on Wednesday. Uh, Saturday we got Brooklyn at home. And then we got Sunday a makeup game against York. So – we got four games this week. We're just trying to survive this week. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, before that, you've got this crazy week ahead of you. Um, and maybe to some degree, that losing the game on Saturday is helpful, though it's going to backfire because you got to play them at some point, obviously, uh, York and New York. How do you pace yourselves through this? Because you'll be, again, on the road against CCNY, at home against Pratt and Brooklyn, then uh, on the road against John Jay before uh, the final two at home against uh, Baruch and Medver- Medgar Evers. How, what are you talking to the team about? What are you talking about in practices, in the locker room, et cetera, to get through this week? Yeah, this is a big week for us. We're just, you know, I, I don't know. We're just going to, you know, the, the announce, you know, the, the Mario is here one day at a time. We're just going to go. We've got to concentrate on the city game, uh, get that. The non-league game, back-to-back, you know, I, I actually think, you know, we may go a little NBA and go with a little a bit of uh, load management. And um, and we'll play everybody, but we'll we'll – play the bench a lot more in that game and just see how it goes. Uh, Cause it's not like we're getting, you know, we have to win our tournament at the end. It's kind of irrelevant. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, it, it, well, losing uh, some of those non-conference didn't help. It isn't going to really matter. So um, best thing is just staying healthy, trying to win as many league games as we can and, and um, just continue to get better. That's what we're going to try to do. Yeah, I was going to ask, two losses on the season. Let's just argumentatively say you you take one more and you're at the at-large. So you beat Baruch in conference play. You somehow lose it in the tournament, and, and you're an at-large with three losses. Had you played Gettysburg and maybe gotten some other non-conference games, maybe you're in a, sit in a situation that you can get in? Or or is this always a mentality of, no, just the way our system no, it's not, I mean, it's not is. always been my mentality, and it's not always been our league's mentality. Um we really have tried to educate our league, uh, more, some of the veteran coaches with the new coaches, uh, you know, about the SOS and about strength of schedule, how, you know, it's kind of, it's all math, you know, and um, if you pick, if you play the right non-league games and, and you can get your bottom teams to win half of them, um, it really helps you. But this year, just doing my advanced math, I think we got to win the tournament. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, in 218, we really thought we had it. We lost to uh, Staten Island by one in the championship. We had beaten Staten Island by one and then in overtime. Uh, and then we lost to them in the championship. We thought we had an outside chance, but SUNY Farmingdale got in. Uh, but they had beaten us head-to-head in overtime right. um, in their place. So most of the time, it's you, know, you just got to concentrate on those three games at the end. Yeah, I can understand. Tough spot to be in, but at least you know your avenue versus it's un- unsure. Hey, Coach, appreciate the time. As always, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? No, just, hey, thanks for having us on. And uh, everybody out there, keep grinding through it. And uh, we're really looking forward to playoff time. Well, thank you. I hope you dug out from the blizzard okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 
one, but we're ready to go. There you go. Enjoy the rest of the grind. I know it'll be tough, but it'll be fun. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, Dave. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Stephen Chilman joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Big grind ahead. CCNY, Pratt, Brooklyn, and Jay. John Jay, as he said, coming up here in the span of eight days. And then Baruch and Medgar Evers to finish things off. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll go all the way up down East Maine. Talk women's basketball. In Castine, we'll talk to Maine Maritime. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. More after this. NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. And welcome back to Hoops, everybody. You might see the door open and a little puppy show up. Um, bear with Tucker. Um, he's kind of turned into the unofficial Hoopsville mascot. Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. We're uh, simulcasting the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Also simulcasting it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. Um, if you've got questions there, I'll try and answer them there as well when I spot them. I'm literally refreshing screens to see if it's there. Um, so there you go. Uh, you can always email us, D3, uh, hoopsville at d3sports.com. I don't see anybody emailing us in, but say la vie. Uh, I can tell you the top 25 in men may get out before we get off the air here tonight uh, or today because I know all the ballots are now in. Uh, if it does, we'll we'll mention it. All right, so let's talk. Uh, we'll go all the way up to down east Maine and, or mid-coast, I guess it is. There's the puppy showing up. Hey, pup. Hey, bud. He's in. So if you hear any barking, now you know why. Welcome in, buddy. Got a bone down there for you. Um, head up to Castine and, uh, a team that has really played well for the last few seasons. Um, I, why we haven't talked maybe more with them. I don't know, but 
I mean, Maritime women's basketball is having a tremendously good season. And, well, we scheduled them later because we wanted them later in the year, but we'll get them anyway, uh, especially after they just withstood a blizzard uh, this last weekend. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's Craig Dagan, the head coach of the Maine Maritime Mariners. And, uh, Coach, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time. Second of all, you, you have dug out, right, or did you just spend the whole time at the arena? No, no, we're all dug out. First of all, I appreciate you having me on, but we're all dug out. We were actually in Vermont while Down East Maine was That's uh right. This weekend, we were in Vermont, and we got an extra night up there to avoid the storm. We got back Sunday morning, and everything was cleaned up when we got home, so the timing was perfect. Perfect. Perfect timing. There you uh, go. By the way, you might hear Tucker whining in the background, folks. That is just our ambient noise for the show. There, there he is. Uh, he wants out. He ain't getting out until this, sh- this show's over. Um, Craig, first and foremost, great season, as I said. 16-2 uh, and two overall, 10-0 and 0 in NAC play. As you said, you were out in Vermont, so you got through that weekend pretty good. We'll get into the nitty gritty of the conference in a bit, but especially considering your school coming out of COVID. And I say that because it's not like Mariners can just, Hey, Hey, I'm going to hang out for another year here at the Academy and not worry about going uh, to school uh, another year or prolong my professional career. Another year, you kind of have to roll with this, right? So you're still 16 2 playing well, having a good season, despite what COVID brought to you. Tell us about the twists and turns. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been an interesting year for us, as it has been for everybody else. And uh, knock on wood, we've been pretty fortunate to get through, uh, you know, this latest surge that hit everybody in January. We've had a few issues, but for the most part, we've got through everything okay. And thanks to our staff here, our training staff and the medical professionals, we've done a good job with that. And hey, listen, this time of year, you know, adding COVID to the mix, but staying healthy is a really important piece of the puzzle when you get to January. And um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we've been pretty consistent as we've had our core group of kids uh, been able to play together and stick together. And uh, so far, so good. But we've got two more weeks to get through all this stuff. And as you know, COVID is uh, a mystery to everybody. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But we've been very fortunate in playing good basketball right now. Again, you had a. I was looking back. You had a pretty good season the year before COVID. The year before that, pretty good as well. This has kind of been building over time. What has been the secret in the sauce? Recruiting. Uh, we got good players. Yeah, but that's uh, that's not easy to do to an academy like yourself. Hey, listen. Well, you know, I think that's one of those big misnomers out there too. I mean, most of my player. I don't have any players in the regiment, which people would deem Maine Maritime Academy, the regiment of midshipmen, and that's a big part of our school in our heritage and, and who we are, my players, business majors, biology majors, engineering majors. So um, not the same obstacles that some of the other kids that attend Maine Maritime have to have to deal with. Uh, so we've been fortunate from that standpoint too, but recruiting, I mean, we've got some really talented kids and uh, despite the last few years of success, we did it with a lot of older kids. We're super young. I mean, we finished the game the other day with one senior and four freshmen on the floor and, are, you know, and I even consider our sophomores, which we have two or three that are contributing on a regular basis. They're freshmen. They, they played three games last year. So um, aside from our two seniors and one junior, every other kid on our roster are freshmen and sophomores. So uh, we've been fortunate to be successful early on. Um, and certainly the future is bright. As long as I don't get in their way, uh, good things will happen for them. Now, listen, I totally agree with what you say about uh, considering them freshmen. There's a lot of coaches I talk to. Who consider that? I don't know if I necessarily agree about getting in their way or not getting in their way. Again, those seasons I was talking to, and season ended 2018, you were 20 and 8, 13 and 5 in conference play in both 
2019 and 2020, you finished 12 and two in conference play, 19 and seven, 20 and six overall. So that's kind of what I'm I'm looking at there. Looking back at this season, hey, listen, a loss to Springfield until this past week looked pretty solid. This past week, unfortunately, they lost two, but it was also 77-45. He lost to Bates, who's having a tremendous good season as well, 67-42. The only thing I take from that is two really good teams, two really rough losses. Yep. Does yeah, that mean I don't be disrespectful. I'm trying to find the right words. Does that mean this program, as good as it is, isn't at that level? Or is it just two bad games? No, no, no. 100%. We're not there yet. Um, in Springfield, listen, uh, I think we were winning at the end of the first quarter. It was a six-point game at halftime. And in the second half, they're, they're juniors and seniors. And they're a very upperclassman-laden team. Uh, overwhelmed our young players. Um, and same with Bates. Bates is a very, they've got a veteran team and they're really, really good. And uh, we're not ready there. I mean, we're not there yet. And uh, I think part of our uh, struggles in those two games was our inexperience for those young players in in those types of big games. And uh, unfortunately, we were supposed to play Bowdoin uh, around the new year. And because of COVID, we lost that. We lost Colby, which would have been another great game for us. We play them every year. Um, because our schedule got re rearranged here at Maine Maritime. So we've lost a couple other really good non-conference games that would have helped us coming down the stretch. But um, I would agree with your assessment. We're, we're a really good team, but we're not a great team yet. And I think that's just going to take some time and experience and, and more big games under the belt for these younger players. Yeah. And, and to that point, you lost those two games. I know the schedule in NAC isn't exactly ideal, Um you know, you've, you're pairing up games. You went to play two at Prescott. You went and played two at Linden. Uh, Wednesday, you'll be at Husson, which is a, a makeup game from earlier in the season before traveling to Maine Farmington. Uh, then you've got Maine Augusta uh, at home. Of course, for any of you out there, non-D3, before finishing up with Husson. Is there any room to make up with their schedule and your schedule to try and get those games in, to try and bolster the resume? Yeah, we're hoping. Actually, I just got off the phone, was talking to Sasha at Bowdoin, and um, there's there's hopefully going to be an opportunity for us to get that game in, but there's a lot of factors that go into it, and we're trying. Um, and that's something for us, especially from a regional ranking standpoint, that's important for us to get that game on our schedule. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're looking at options down the road for that. And you're right. I mean, listen, our, our conference, top to bottom, isn't uh, – nearly as strong as some of the other conferences in New England. And and hopefully uh, our coaches in our conference continue to work on that and strengthen their schedules so that um, when it does come to regional rankings and at-large bids, we can continue to progress in the way that we need to in order to get more teams in the NCAA tournament in the future. But that's why those non-conference games are so critical for us. Um, you know, it, and when you don't get them in, it, it, it does take a big hit when it comes to regional ranks and, and those types of things. But, you know, for our kids, they can only play who they play. And they can only play who their coach tells them they're going to play from from night to night. And we've got a couple big ones coming up. And Hassan is uh, has been pretty dominant in our conference over the last four or five years. And they're a team that we got to go through in order to win a conference championship. We know that, and our kids are uh, are not old enough to understand that yet, which is a good thing. And they're super excited to uh, to play against them on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. That game's been a long time coming. I was just look, double checking the map. I know Maine well, but. Of course, the one joke in Maine is you can't get there from here. Um, <laughs> Bowden, that ain't an easy trip. You're either going out of your way or you're going out of your way or you're going out of your way to get there. Those are the three main routes. All of them take more than two hours if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a trip for us, though, Dave, is pretty easy. 
everything's two hours for us with the True. exception of well, except for hustle. Away. So, uh, you know, for Bowdoin, that's right, right down the pike for us. So um, a two hour trip on uh, in this state is a pretty reasonable drive. Well, that's so. true. And, and I will say it's not tourist season season. True so story. some of those routes are a lot easier than usual. And Castine, you can get to Castine in a bunch of different ways by land and by water, my friend. So there's multiple ways to get and here. air. Yeah, there's <laughs> and air. lots of ways. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, let's talk about your team individually. Um, you're led by Lauren Cook, a sophomore, a.k.a. freshman. 13.7 points a game. Mackenzie Monzen, uh, 9.5 points a game, also a sophomore. Miles Stanton, a junior. I'm uh, I'm sorry, no, I didn't put those in order. Hang on a second. thought I had them in order. There we go. Because I skipped over Mar- Maria Barella, a freshman, at 12.5 points a game. Then Lauren uh, Plissy. Pl- Plissy, yep. Plissy, senior at 11 points a game. Uh, Arena... Ariana Moore, I can do it easily. Ten points a game, and then Monzen at ten points a game, nine and a half. So I had a, I didn't have them in the right order. But you got a mix there of that underclassman, especially in one senior. But to your point, that's why you're not there yet, right? It's this underclassmen that are leading the way. Absolutely, and I mean, of the five kids you just mentioned, two are sophomores with very little experience, and two are freshmen. And um, you know that's why. And and this weekend was a really great example of that. We went up to Linden and uh, we won Friday night by 50 points on the nose. And then the next day uh, we're down 13 at the end of three quarters and have to outscore our opponents 26 to six to win a game in the fourth quarter. And that's kind of a, in a nutshell who we are. Just uh, but for a young team, these kids are showing a lot of poise. They love to play basketball, which I think is really really important. They love to get in the gym every day and put in the work and. Uh, we've got a great mix of guards. We've got some post players of the five. You talked about three are guards and two are post players. So, I mean, we've got some kids that can really score the basketball. And I think we're nationally ranked in gosh, 10 different categories from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Um, and uh, no, I like where we're at. Like I said, we got a lot of growth still to be had, but this team's getting better every single day and we're playing the right kind of basketball at the right time of year. Mascot is quieted down. Um, hey, <laughs> Outscoring your opponents by 16 a game. You're out-rebounding your opponents by 15 a game. While on top of that, shooting 44% to your opponents, 28 and a half. Shooting outside the arc at 37% to your opponents, 20. There's a lot on here. And granted, oh, by the way, assist numbers. I might have to call Steve Peed. Uh, These assist numbers are ridiculous. (laughs) 20 assists per game to your opponents, 9.8. I'm just joking a little bit, but statistically a lot's there and granted it might be the testament to your schedule and it might be a testament sure. to the opponents you've played but we're also two-thirds of the se- way through the season if not three quarters some of that kind of evens it off you you've got some really amazing stats that jump off the page yeah i mean statistically speaking this is one of the best offensive years we've ever had and going back to gosh 0607 which was nationally ranked team and one of the best team that's ever played here um, this team's doing as much, if not more, from an offensive standpoint. And listen, we're doing just enough defensively. Um, we can be a lot better on that end of the floor, uh, for sure. And I think this weekend showed that and our inconsistency there. And I think some of the numbers are are accurate with what you said. You know, um, the opponents, we, we've got to play stronger opponents in, in our non-conference schedule, which we alluded to that, that we lost a few of those games. Um but yeah, I mean, our kids can score the ball and where we've got two kids on the floor that can shoot it. We've got a point guard that's dynamic and can get downhill. And aside from averaging 10 points a game, she's averaging almost five assists per game as well. 
Um, we've got a stretch four that's it, not only is she a great scorer, Ariana Moore, but she's got like a 46 to 20 something assist to turnover ratio. And then I've got a senior post player who's fourth in the country in blocks per game and was just named the conference player of the week. She's having a great year for us, averaging a, almost a double double um, while being one of the best shot blockers in the country too. So um, we've got a good mix of things. And then we've got some really talented players coming off the bench too. And, and as I said, I'd like to take a lot of credit for it, but we're players that love to play basketball. And I think that's showing on a daily basis. They're just their energy and their passion when they get in the gym, just to want to get better every day. Fascinating. Hey, by the way, speaking of your time, uh, you mentioned we got you at just the right time. How did you get you late in the show? Cause you had your, your first regional conversation in terms of Iraq, just the hint that the, everybody does their mock rankings this week. Uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday's show ahead of next week's first regional rankings. Um, I don't remember if you've been on the pa- committee before, but meeting on a Monday instead of a Tuesday, a little bit of a different schedule this year. I'm not asking for particulars, but just dusting off the cobweb, essentially. I mean, this hasn't been done since 2020 um, because we had none last year. How, what what was the process like? Was how was how was it? How was the call? How, what's the experience, et cetera? Just give us a general sense of kind of getting into the swing of, of what we're used to doing at this time of year. Yeah, it's actually kind of good, and that was my first time on this call today. And uh, um, it's an interesting process. I mean, you're really dissecting teams uh, from your region with, gosh, just about everything that they do. It's uh, um, stripping things down and and head to head and all those other things and. I think the one th- truth be told, Dave, I think every coach should have to be on this committee at some point in time because it gives uh, it's given me some perspective in regards to the importance of strength of schedule, the importance of getting the proper games within your region and those types of things. But it's good. And I, I think that, uh, you know, New England is loaded with so many good basketball teams. Obviously, the NESCAT conference is, is uh, one of the better conferences in the country. And um, because there's so many Division three teams in this area. Um, it's actually been split up into two regions now, uh, which could be very helpful for New England getting more teams in the NCAA tournament too. But um, it's an interesting process. It's an exciting process. And, uh, you know, I think that we're going to have some very deserving candidates, uh, teams come out of our conference to represent us when the NCAA tournament rolls around. How much is missing games because of COVID that haven't been made up? And granted, it's win-loss percentage versus hard win and loss numbers, but how much do you think teams who aren't going to be able to get a full complement of games, 25 to 27, how much do you think that's going to play a factor? I think it's going to be a big factor this year. I really do. I mean, I think that there is such a discrepancy right now in our region between there's some teams that have played 17, 18 games, and there's some teams that have only played 12 or 13 games. And, you know, with two weeks to go, the chances of those schools making up the games that they missed are they may get a couple in, but getting all of them in are going to be pretty difficult, pretty challenging. So, you know, I'm not sure how many teams will even get the full 25 game slate in this year. I think the, the, uh, the, the amount of teams across the country that get the full 25 will be pretty minimal this year. Um, but the, you know, depending on which games you're missing, like I said, for us in particular, we lost Wheaton, which is in the, you know, the new Mac, which is a good conference. We lost um, Bowdoin, which is in the NESCAC, which that those games are, are pivotal and, and important when it comes to the rack and, and uh, those types of situations. So, and I'm sure we're not the only team that has missed out on an opportunity to play teams that would 
if you win. And even if you lose, those teams are important with your strength of schedule. So it's going to be a, it's got to be a factor. It's something that we talked about today and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the next couple of weeks and what, what teams can get for made up games and, and what they can't get done. Hey coach, really appreciate the time. Um, I, I didn't dawn on me that you did time it perfectly to avoid the blizzard to get everything cleaned up for yourself on the way home. That was ingenious. Um, <laughs> but I do I appreciate the time. Appreciate the insight on the team. Thanks for the uh, regional questions there as well. Uh, I appreciate uh, just get, great to get a sense of things. By the way, I quickly looked up your trip to Presque Isle. Now they played at your place, but they did play at our place. Thankfully. Yeah. That's you're only second on the most Eastern teams in D3 because of Presque Isle. Um, True story. I noticed the trip has one of two routes. One is to head up into Bangor, up I-95 to, to Holton, and then straight up Route 1. The other is to take Route 9 over to uh, Woodland, Maine, Baileyville, and then up Route 1 from there. We're not doing that. We're straight up 95, my friend. Listen, my family, we're from the end of Route 9. Uh, technically, you grew up in Chicago. Then we moved to the end of Route 9, right there in Woodland, Baileyville. I'm going to tell you not to do that. Okay. Hold on okay. You're from you're from the Woodland area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved there when I turned uh, just about turned uh, twelve years old. Yeah, I had no idea. Some of the best players we've ever had here have been Woodland kids. Julia Knights was a oh. tremendous player here at Maine Maritime. Yes. Yeah, Caitlin Lehman was a great player here for us. We've had some really good players from Woodland. The Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Interesting absolutely. enough, I've been at at only one school that wasn't purple and gold. <laughs> Every school I've been to has been purple and gold. Anyway, um, yeah, remember Mar- um, uh, Ashley Marble, who played at Southern of Maine? Course. Her, uh, of course. Her mother was principal of the elementary school down the street from my house. Absolutely. Uh, she wasn't principal Absolutely. when I was there. Um, everybody at the, everybody in the country at some point in time should have to go to a Woodland Callus game just oh, to see. Right? Everybody's insane. Once. Yeah, it, it, talk about two real world towns out in the middle of nowhere coming together and no one likes each other that day. And they love their basketball. Oh, they, they're passionate. Uh, yeah, there's no, no ice hockey it. there, so it's all about basketball. Uh, no anyway, my no point doubt. was, don't go that route. <laughs> right, we won't. That's just not worth the hassle. The old Route 9 would have killed you anyway. Uh, well, we got a lot of kids that have never experienced rural Maine that are here now. we got kids like Sydney Briscoe. are not even rural. Englewood, New Jersey, they're coming into Maine, and they're like seeing these things for the first time. So they're getting an education with the rest they're, of the country. And they're like. still only putting a toe in the water of rural Maine. Let's just true story. Let's just call that a spade. True story. Um, no, we'll be hopefully back up this summer to visit. My parents have moved to a lake for a year, so we'll hopefully get some time up there. Uh, we were supposed That's to be up awesome. by Christmas, but it didn't work out. Um, hey, Coach, appreciate the time. Appreciate the insight. Thanks for humoring me as well. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Now, listen, first of all, like I said, I want to thank you for this opportunity and I want to thank you for all that you do. I think D3 Hoop is such a great uh, is such a great resource for us. I know I go on it every day and, and listen to your your broadcasts and I appreciate what you do for Division Three basketball on the men and women's side. And uh, yeah, continued success with everything that you're doing. And hopefully we have the same continued success on our end, too. Well, thank you, Coach. Appreciate the time as always. Uh, good luck. Stay sane. Stay sane. Seriously, stay sane. Stay warm. <laughs> All of that. And we'll look forward to catching you up down the road. Okay. Take care. Appreciate you. Craig Dagan joining us here on uh, Hoopsville, Blue Frame Technology, Hoopsville Hotline. I was worried there at the end. Maybe Mike, Mike was off, but apparently you guys heard all that. Um, quick note. The Steve Peed comment was because he's a former sports information director like Jason Fine, who's now AD. So I had to give a little hard time about stats.
Hey, we'll take a break. Wrap things up here on the show. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. Association of Basketball Coaches works to further the best interests of the game of basketball, the coaches and players who participate in the sport. The NABCU thanks its nearly 5,000 member coaches, including the many Division III coaches who impact our game for upholding the core values of leadership, advocacy, service, education, and inclusion. For more information on the NABC, head to nabc.com. I want to thank our NABC partners for their help. In broadcasting today's show, I also want to thank D3Hoops.com, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, and Blue Frame Technology uh, and their Team One Sports app for their assistance as well. Um, we're going to get that top 25 um, before we go. So we're going to announce the top 25 in men's basketball uh, for this week before it is published. So stay tuned in a couple minutes. We'll have that for you. Uh, we'll, we'll break that one down for you. Have a little fun with it. If you got questions for us before we wrap up, uh, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3sports.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're live simulcasting the show. Uh, still checking to see if we have questions in there, but I haven't seen any. Um, it's a little wonky on how to check Facebook for those questions. Um, so we are on the lookout for them. If they've been sent and we missed them, we apologize, but we haven't seen them as of yet. So uh, there you go. Um, so let's just reminder, recap this Thursday, we'll be on the air with the marathon show that'll air starting about 12 or one o'clock Eastern that day and going till eight or nine Eastern. Um, let's see that, that shows coming together. We'll finalize details tomorrow. So start looking on our Twitter accounts for updates on that starting tomorrow. Um, then next Monday we're on the air at 
again, 1 p.m. Eastern time due to schedule conflicts. And the following Thursday will be a pre-tape show, which is tough because regional rankings are coming out and all that. So it's going to be a little bit wonky, but we'll get that done. And then hopefully the 14th, we'll be back to our normally scheduled time at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, so there you go. Um, so we had guests from regions 1 and 2 combined, 4, 6, and 8 today. So Thursday, on top of our marathon guests, we'll also have uh, guests from regions 3, 5, 7, and then 9, 10 combined. Um, those are how we break down our regions in case you're curious. Now let's talk about that men's top 25. It's it's going to be out here momentarily. We'll tell you right now who's uh, how it breaks down. Number one, Randolph-Macon. Um, no surprise there. Uh, they did get all 25 first place votes. So that is a new Randolph making the, una the undef unanimous number one pick. Um, number two, Wisconsin Platteville. We should check on where things moved here. Hold on a minute. Here we go. So I got to move some screens here so I can look easier. So Wisconsin Platteville moves up from fifth to second. They gained about, wow, almost 50 points. Uh, Marietta moves up from 6th to 3rd. Christopher Newport moves up from 8th to 4th. Wisconsin Oshkosh goes from 4th to 5th, and they lost about 50 points. Yeshiva moves from 7th to 6th uh, and gained about 30 points. St. Joseph's of Connecticut moves from 9th to 7th. Uh, they gained about 38 points. Wisconsin Lacrosse moves from, where were they? They were in 10th. They're up to 8th. Washu falls from third to to where are they ninth? Illinois Wesleyan fell from second to tenth. Uh, lost a ton of points. Mount Union stays at eleventh. Uh, Maryville moves up from thirteenth to twelfth. Williams moves up from fourteenth to thirteenth. Whitworth is in the fourteenth spot. They're up from up two spots. Wheaton is in the fifteenth spot. They're up three. Swarthmore is in the 16th spot. They're only down one. I dropped them a ton, but they're only down one. Only lost 40 points. Oswego moves from 22 to 17 this week. Mary Harden Baylor is up to 18th. That's up a three. Johns Hopkins is down seven. They were in 12th. They're now in 19th. Emory moves up from 24 to 20th. Elmers is 21st now. They were 19th, so they fell two spots. Augsburg was, where are they, 23rd. They're up one spot to 22nd. Case Western Reserve returns to the bowl. They had fallen out last week, so they were 24. Then they fell out. Now they're 23. WPI falls to 24. That's from 17th. And Nazareth is in the poll. Uh, they were in the poll last week as well. Looking at who may have dropped out, looks like West, Wesleyan fell out of the poll. Let's see, Emory, Augsburg, Oswego. Yeah, Yep, so Wesleyan fell out of the poll. They were 20th, and I think that's it. They're the only ones that fell out of the poll. I don't know about receiving votes category, but there you go. So Randolph making the unanimous number one in the men's poll, 625 votes. Nazareth sitting in 25th. They're at 84 votes. By the way, Nazareth doubled, almost doubled their points. They were at 41, now they're 84. What that does tell you is some of the voters have consolidated. Uh, we've consolidated in our voting a bit more, uh, less teams are receiving votes. But again, I don't have the receiving votes. But there's your men's top 25. Randolph making unanimous number one, Platteville two, Marietta three, Christopher Newport four, and Oshkosh five. That's your top five. Uh, appreciate Pat sending that over to us. Get that on the air. That will be on our d3hoops.com here shortly. Uh, there's a little bit of a process to it, but it'll be up here momentarily. 
for all to see. Um, want to thank our guests for coming on today's show, including Rhodes women's basketball coach Rodney Rogan. Seriously, we got to work on something there. The Rhodes women's basketball coach is named Rodney Rogan, and he drives a rogue. Seriously, there's there's a there's something there. Uh, Hanover men's basketball coach John Miller, Lehman's men's basketball coach Stephen Schulman, Maine Maritimes women's basketball coach coach Craig Dagan. I want to thank their sports information directors as well. Some of them uh, helping us out kind of uh, at the last minute as well as we had to book some last minute. Appreciate their help. I want to thank all those sports information directors helping with sun, uh, this upcoming Thursday show as well. Um, that's going to do it for us. We got to get going because we got a basketball games to get to ourselves um, and all kinds of other craziness. Again, stay tuned with us on social media and elsewhere for the marathon show. We'll start uh, putting together teases and, and who's going to be on the show starting tomorrow. Uh, the list is, is it's, it's going to be a little bit different. In the past, I've tried to hit every single region, have at least one guest, if not two, from every region, plus some other things. There's just too much going on, especially with 10 regions. Um, so we'll stick to the, the four, five, technically, that we will cover normally. Again, regions uh, three, five, seven, and then nine, 10 combined. Um, we're also going to have guests from other areas. Uh, we're going to have a little bit laid back to some degree. We're going to talk to some student athletes about their accomplishments. We'll have some of the of the, our friends on to talk about Division Three basketball at some point as well uh, later in the program. It's going to be a relaxed show. Um, no stress revolved in it. Maybe two guests an hour versus three, uh, something along those lines. So that's our plan. Again, about 12 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday. Really, it's the idea is to showcase Division Three as we head into the final um, month of the season. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we believe regional rankings will be released next Tuesday. That's a week from uh, where we are now. That will be the first week's ra rankings. Um, the women's handbook apparently says Wednesday. Uh, I, everything I've been told that's incorrect, including just talking to Craig Dagan there. Uh, he He's given me the, I mean, they met today to do mock rankings. The regional committees usually meet on Tuesdays if the rankings are coming out on Wednesday. So I believe the, the rankings will all come out on Tuesday. Uh, but we'll confirm that because one of our guests on Thursday for sure will be both committee chairs. We'll talk to both Mike Sh uh, Shower from Wheaton and, um, on the men's committee and Megan Wilson from Luther on the women's committee. Uh, we'll also talk officiating. Um, we're going to talk to some great student athletes as well. We're even going to get an update on things in Division Three. Is Luis McClary who is uh, vice, I think still interim vice president for Division Three, has agreed to come on the show. So we'll talk to her as well. That's going to do it, everybody. I want to really appreciate you tuning in today uh, to the show. Uh, again, we'll be up on the air Thursday, 7 o'clock. I'm sorry, 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock on Thursday. Then next Monday, we'll be back on at 1 o'clock too. And by that point, we'll have more idea on what we're going to do for that February 10th show. You've been listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. From the NABC studios, thanks to our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and Blue Frame Technology as well. We'll be back on the air with the Marathon Show coming up on Thursday. We look forward to having you there with us. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the week of basketball. Enjoy the new Top 25s and enjoy the last month of the regular season.